Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from the corner of No Hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the boys finally slay their cinematic white whale as they take a humongous, juicy bite into the delicious 1986 TNA greasy masterpiece that is Hamburger the Motion Picture, not to be confused with Hamburger the Food. And a culinary-themed film deserves a culinary-themed cigar and beer. So our crew will be smoking the Le Carême Cigar from Crowned Heads, paired with the Baked Goods American Pale Ale from Clown Shoes Brewing. Sounds like we're in store for one mouth-watering good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. You dare me to take this and crush it against my head? You? Yeah, go for it. Can we do it? Do, do it. it. No, no. No. I really thought you guys would say don't do it. You always tell me not to do stuff. No. Oh, tell you not to do cool... Don't do uncool things. That would be a cool thing. I guess been the whole... That, that would be I, cool. I cut myself and bleeding the whole show? Maybe that'd, at the end of the show. That'd be yeah. really cool. Keep this Keep this can right there. Oh, boys. Hamburgers. Hamburgers. The cornerstone of any nutritious podcast. Yeah, I picked the wrong time to diet. Did tonight's movie make you guys want to eat a hamburger? It did. <laughs> it really did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you eat one? Yeah. Today? Yes. Uh, On the way here, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard after watching this movie. Uh, check out this little nugget of wisdom I found. A hamburger is warm and fragrant and juicy. A hamburger is soft and non-threatening. It personifies the great mother herself, who has nourished us from the beginning. A a hamburger is an icon of layered circles, the circle being at once the most spiritual and the most sensual of shapes. A hamburger is companionable and faintly erotic. The nipple of the goddess, the bountiful belly ball of Eve, you are what you think you eat. That is from acclaimed American novelist Tom Robbins. 
Nipple of the goddess. Man, this dude really loves his hamburgers. <laughs> well, well, okay, a couple of things. Yes, he does. Uh, is that a real novelist? Yeah. Oh, you think I wrote that? Oh, no. I, Actually, it sounds like some of the cigar descriptions. <laughs> it that does. Goes, <laughs> Uh, no, no, that's there's a he he wrote that uh, movie. Even cowgirls get the blues. That's one of his novels, uh, the Uma Thurman movie they made. Uh, apparently, he's acclaimed. I never heard of him. Um, but I, I thought it was a very interesting. <laughs> I like how that's the rule of fame. If well, if we haven't heard of, yeah, him, I haven't then. heard of him. But uh, <laughs> uh, but the guy certainly loves his his burgers, and I do too. Burgers are one of my favorite things to indulge in. Um, but follow me here I do think they have been pushed in some directions over the last few years that even I can't get behind thanks, what? thanks Food Network <laughs> they just started off as such a simplistic perfect thing which you see in our movie tonight 1986 meat bun some veggies some ketchup boom and then somewhere along the line someone got the idea put cheese on it bingo oh, yeah. even better thank you then a little bit later, some bacon. Yeah, my favorite. And then, a, a, what if we put two patties in there? Hallelujah. You get, you, you get, you're getting outside the box now. I think that's about when it reached its its perfect it's like form. like Hans Gruber going into the kitchen and there's sort of <laughs> the double meat patty. I think when you start, you know, layering anything above two patties, when you start putting like chorizo or a sliced up hot dog or avocado I disagree my friend or replacing the bun with a donut now you're talking or a grilled cheese sandwich oh get that get that piece of fried egg over across the top of it I I just I think it's gotten to be a little absurd that's crazy it is absurd but it's still delicious that's just I'm I'm just gonna stick from now on I've I've gone there I've gone the, the fried egg many a times what about the donut I've not done the donut burger, and I've not done the grilled cheeses <laughs> for buns. I just think a burger. Maybe we should get back to a burger just being a burger. Burger is still a burger. I think. Can we stop so I can go get a burger? Where'd you get your burger from today? Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> it's the, the only king pla- of burgers. <laughs> it's the only place on thirty-five between here and. Well, you might well, like this. Technically, that's really fits in with the movie. <laughs> it's true. You might like this. I found one more quote uh, from someone we've actually heard of, Mr. David Lee Roth. Listen up, Ted. Everybody wants some? I always admired Ray Kroc, the man who invented McDonald's. This is David Lee saying this. Okay. Should I talk like this? <laughs> no. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack, come on. <laughs> uh... Alright, I always admired Ray Kroc, the man who invented McDonald's. Ray had a vision of the most commonplace thing, a hamburger and fries to go. But to him, it was the greatest thing ever, and he was going to make it the greatest thing ever for everybody else, and he did. And that quote could just well apply to us here at the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. We thought our weekly gatherings at the pub, where we'd smoke, we'd drink, yeah. we'd talk movies yeah. into the wee hours, we thought that was the greatest thing ever, and we got the idea to bring it to you, the masses, our listeners... And, you know, we've been doing that for 94 episodes now. <coughs> but just like the avocado or the hash browns on a burger, I'm not all of a sudden going to throw in something new. Like, And now for the last 30 minutes of every episode, we're going to talk about sailboats. No, we got our three core things. <laughs> we're going to stick to it. Cause it's, it's, what, it's what we do. What if it's like a sailboat with a minigun on top of it? 
No. With Jesse the Body Ventura Cigars, beer, All right, come movies. On. That's, that, that's good. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I'm not right. saying it doesn't sound pretty cool, but still. <laughs> but notice at McDonald's, they started to get into the fancy bird. Like, you can't... used to be just Quarter Pounder, Big Mac. Now they've got, like, the Angus stuff. Well, and they like, had to because... They went all the way. They took the pure thing that Home Dude made, and then they basically degraded the meat until it was like a meat substance. And then they have to like, okay, we have to kind of start introducing real meat into this patty again. Have you had any of their other real burgers? Yeah. yeah. You like them? Are they better than the... Dude, I, I, I'm not judging. I have a quarter pounder every now and then, you know. If I'm in McDonald's, it's because I've got no other choice along the road. And usually the only time I get McDonald's is when I'm coming in here. I think that might be why my favorite burger is Five Guys, because they're the most, to me, traditional. Simplistic. They're simplistic. I mean, the fanciest thing you can get on there is, like, jalapenos. Oh, my God. This story actually makes sense on this movie now. <coughs> so uh, in, in, in Austin, there's this burger place called Hop Dotty. And it's like the most local farm to source produce, uh, you know, art, artisanal burgers, 100% organic it. beef. Hippies. Free range beef or whatever. And the lines on this place are out the wall. I mean, it's just outside for days. Give the cows a hug before they put the. Pretty much. You could probably slaughter the cow and get it done by the time you actually get through the line. And uh, so, anyway, so there's this one guy in front of me, and he was just, he wasn't interested in the whole thing. And the the people that work there love working there. I mean, they are, I've never seen people so excited about explaining to you burger options. Uh, I'm not a fan of that at all. And this kid comes up to the guy in front of me, and what as you're waiting outside, they'll go through and take your order so they can go ahead and get, you know, whatever. And the kid gets to this guy, and he's, like, explaining all the different options. We've got tables locally sourced right outside of Austin. They come down, blah, 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 blah. Our pickles come from blah, blah, blah. And the guy is just looking at his phone and just looks up and goes, Kid, it's just a burger. And you should have seen this kid's dejected face. He's crushed. You thought you just hit him in the stomach with this. But just that cracked me. Now, you, you're, you were standing in front of me that day. It's just a burger. They have truffle fries. They have cheese curds? I don't know. Maybe they do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, like I said, uh, tonight's all about hamburgers. It's all about food. We've got a food-inspired cigar, uh, uh, food-inspired beer, and, you know, should be interesting. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 94. 94. Well, is that right, Nine four. Yeah, that is right. That is correct. Hey, before we get started, i got a, a present for you, Eggboy. Ooh. If you guys remember last year, we had uh, Mr. J.R. Bookwalter join us, the filmmaker, to uh, introduce his film Robot Ninja, which he was just beginning the process of... The Blu-ray stuff. ...to get uh, transferred to Blu-ray, a high-definition scan. Um, well, we, the Tuesday Night Scar Club, contributed to his Indiegogo... Indiegogo, is that right? Indiegogo? Indiegogo. That sounds wrong. It's right, but it sounds wrong when you say it. Indiegogo uh, campaign. We got the Blu-ray. Um, have not watched it yet, but uh, along with sponsoring it on Indiegogo, you got some perks and whatnot. And uh, this came just for you, Yak Boy. The official Robot Ninja book, comic book adaptation. You are a resident <laughs> comic book fan. Um... 
also came with a, a Robot Ninja poster. We're going to have to find room around here to put up. Cool. And, uh, yeah. If it so, came with the glove, I want the glove. I'm going to fight you for it. It did not come with the glove, but I want to okay. say congrats to, to Mr. <laughs> Bookwalder for getting it out there. Yeah, cool I can't deal. wait to, to dig in. Um, there was talks about our our show. We actually broke down the movie being a commentary. There's like six commentary tracks in there. We did not make the cut. That's why I threw my Kickstarter pack or my Indiegogo <laughs> package in the trash. Uh, it was too late. I'd already, you know, <laughs> I'd already given the money. Damn it! Um, but you got a comic book out of it, so uh, let me know. Let me know how that goes. Oh, it's black and white. It's black and white. Oh, that's yeah. Forget it. <laughs> you are not a comic book aficionado. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but yes, it is our. It is a food food uh, inspired that's, episode. That's pretty good art, actually. All right, well, after the show, you guys, folks, guys, what? what? Huh? Oh, nerds. Oh, I'm sorry. Nerds. Sorry. Fo- focus back here. Sorry. Was, um, you, can't, you can't just give me a comic book and it's not stop Yeah, I, I really should have done that, that at the end of the wrong. show. That went wrong. I was afraid I was going to crush this on my head just to get your attention back over here. I'll, I'll, I'll tempt I'll do it. I'm waiting. Damn, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to start reading Damn it. Now it's like a, a macho thing. I'm going to have to do it. Uh, it is our food episode, as I said. Uh, it all started with tonight's cigar. Uh, it is the Le Carême. Carême? Carême? Carême. Carême. Le Carême okay. uh, by okay. Crowned Heads. We have not done a Crowned Heads cigar. Um, it is a 5 and 7 eighths by 52. The size is called the Canonazzo. 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 Yeah, it's kind of like a box press, but it's not. It's like a... A soft box press? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an oval. It's... Uh, it smells. The wrapper smells. I told Tut when we were doing pictures before the show, I'm like, the aroma. <laughs> I hear him all stuffed up over there. <laughs> I'm just not getting it, Gabe. Uh, it's no wonder for them. Yes, it does. Um, oh, it smells like crap. It is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder Nicaraguan filler. I'll talk price point later. Dude, there's something on that cold draw that's just... You like dancing. it? Dancing. Sweetness? It's dancing in my throat. Sweetness? I, um, I, I don't know. Spices? Baking spices? Here's why I say baking spices. Tut? Um, from our good friends over at Famous Smoke Shop, I learned this backstory on tonight's cigar. In the Epicurean spirit, Le Carême cigars take their name after renowned 1800s chef Marie-Antoine Carême. Uh, made famous for popularizing the souffle, the inventor of the souffle. You suck, Karim. Ernest, you don't like souffles? No. I like souffles. I've never had a souffle. I don't even know what it is. Pastry? Crush the can on your head. It's like banana bread. Burnt banana bread. Banana pudding. It's like burnt banana pudding. Can it be all sorts of things? Basically. Like the souffle is just the outer crust, right? No. Well, I'm sorry you feel that as way. As far as I know. I didn't know you had this hostile <laughs> feeling about souffles. Anyway, master blender Ernesto Perez uh, Carrillo cooked up this culinary masterpiece with a complex flavor profile that brings out chocolate souffle, sweet cocoa, and rich tobacco to the palate. Uh, Le Carême su- comes garnished with a luscious Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper. I'll second that. It is luscious. Complimented by Ecuadorian Sumatra Binder and Nicaraguan Filler, this cigar truly is the creme de la... Carême. 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 Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, 
So could we just take a box of these and put them into a souffle? I say this was in. Well, I say this was inspired, but it was actually they they blended the cigar, and as they were smoking it, it gave them this kind of a lot of sensations uh, associated with you know. Man, I do not. I, Cooking. I, I can't recognize that taste that I'm tasting, but it is. It's great. So it's like a Wonka creation. We start smoking it. We're going to get different flavors. We might. <laughs> you might turn into a giant blueberry tonight. Yeah. Snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> you know what's bothered me about that movie? It's like an old grandpa laying in that bed, letting everybody do everything for him for like 30 years or whatever. And then all of a sudden, he's all of a sudden he gets a free ticket to the to the candy factory. He's up dancing and clicking his heels. And it's like you could have been working this whole time, you piece of shit. Yeah. That's all we have. If I was the husband, I'd be like, uh, honey, I see dad up there, and uh, yeah. it's time to put him out in the field. Working seven jobs to pay for this fucking house with no roof. <laughs> he just laying on his ass all day. They could have been knitting some oh, blankets But you, but you know what, Charlie? Go ahead. Take him. <laughs> the movie had all sorts of problems going on. No, Charlie, you need to take Grandpa, because as soon as he gets back, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> he's, he's out on his ass. <laughs> Oh, give the man a, a final farewell. Uh, so we, maybe, we maybe agree they, we're anti-grandpa from... Maybe they while he, grandpa was away, they were going to just snuff out grandma. Well, she was on her last leg. <laughs> it was really going to upset grandpa. So, you know, get him out of the house. Just put a pillow overhead. They don't have pillows. They're so poor. Uh, all right, enough about those losers. To go with the La Le Carême cigar, no. we needed to find a beer... That was centered around, or themed around, culinary things as well. Culinary. Culinary. Or culinary. And we found one. Yak Boy, tell us what we're drinking. And while he's telling that, Cade, can you give me a Man, I'm going to give me one too, pal. Well, through my industrious research, the baked goods... From Clown Shoes Brewing. We have did one Clown Shoes we did not like. The Undead Party Crasher. Yeah. A Imperial sucks. Stout. Well, oddly enough, was that wasn't on the the Robot Ninja. No, that was Return of Living Dead. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, sadly, I was like, you know, because when you said Clown Shoes, I'm like, man, what? I was like, oh, what? I was yeah, like, Clown Shoes is a great brewery. What, what other beer do we do on? And I start thinking, and then I'm like, oh, that one. Oh. I, the only one I hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they make, and they actually make you know, some really good beers. I mean, the the Clementine White Ale is fantastic. Uh, currently at the pub, we have the uh, Space Cake Double IPA. We almost did Space Cake tonight. Yeah, uh, um, it was like nine percent. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, it's good stuff. Huh? Oh yeah, I'm gonna try. Uh, that's O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas. Well, oddly enough, this beer, even though we like the name of Baked Goods, uh, they're uh, oh, they're using baked like weed. Yes, <laughs> it's got all sorts of like a loaf of bread on it. Well, I know. I, I, that's, I was like, what? It's we, got all. We should have done this in the last show. It's got all sorts of like pastries and. Well, they they love uh, space theme things. So originally, uh, it ended up with baked goods, but and and the reason I say that they they went with that one, and it wasn't supposed spo- weed in general. Original name for this was going to be Space Cookie, but apparently the government feels that Space Cookie. Appear. Apparently, somebody uses Space Cookie in reference to weed. Oh, 
Which, so they changed it to baked goods. Right. And the government's like, oh, yeah, that's much better. Not right. Weed. Nice but, they, not weed. but they themselves yeah. weren't really doing, like, weed-based thing. They were actually, like, you know, thinking, because, you know, Space Cake, Space Cookie, they've got a uh, another uh, IPA called the Galactica. So, yeah, I've I mean, seen the Galactica. I mean, they, okay. they just do all kinds of stuff like that, and that's, that's one of the things that they... Yeah, the can's into. got, like, a loaf of bread, some cookies, some, like, fortune... And, and it's, like, out in space. There's, like, lasers shooting everywhere. It's, it's a very busy artwork. Tell, I'm sorry. Tell us more and about it, it. Is a, it is a pale ale. Um, they, I mean, they, as is, they put it as a sessionable, hoppy pale ale, dry hopped with mosaic, azaka, azaka. Zeka, I think that. I'm not sure if I'm. Uh, Idaho Seven and Centennial Hops. I taste the Idaho Seven. Yeah, I thought it was Idaho Four. Uh, it's a whole potato. Well, right you're there. not a pale ale guy like my, like myself. Yeah. I mean, I got the mosaic, but you know. That um, okay. Uh, ABV. It's a uh, 5.5, and it's about 50 IBUs. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. It's. It, I mean, like I said, it's just, it is I a pale ale. What's interesting is that we've done beers that are like in the 40s that have tasted like 60s. This is a 50, and it doesn't taste bitter to me. No, I mean it's. No, I would have put this in the 30s. Um, it, it has. I mean, you know that almost more like an IPA. It's got that sort of kind of a citrus, but I mean, like you said, no, no hop bitterness or any of that. Um, <laughs> this is getting redundant after 94 episodes. First one, I really wasn't quite sure. Um, and then the second one, I started to... Uh, that first beer was strange, but that eighth beer was fantastic. <laughs> Acclimate a little bit to it. Now as I crack open my 16-ounce third... Uh, we do have 12-ounce uh, cans and 16-ounce cans tonight. Let me know if you guys prefer one over the other. Um, yeah, it's weird for all those fucking hops. It's it's. Yeah, I'm, no, I, I know exactly where you're going with that. It. It's an interesting beer because when I first started drinking it, it was like, I like this, but I can't really describe this. And it was just like a whole bunch of different things going. I mean, not not like a flavor explosion, but just like it, it was something that really wasn't wrapped around. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a very viscous uh, pour. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a very murky. Um, I, I'm getting citrus. Uh, but not like I think the last one we did with the real heavy grapefruit. I'm not getting that. Um, it's, it's a just, weird it, citrus it, it, profile it, too because like you could smell the citrus as soon as you pour it, but it's not like like you said that whole grapefruit. No, it's not. I can't even really identify what you know. I don't know if it's lemon or yeah. I mean, just it's light. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a, lime. It's not lemon. It's not grapefruit. And it's a very light beer. Um, smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I like it. It tastes like a good session beer. That that was the first word they used, sessionable. It was, it was right there. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't paying attention to your own words so I'd look smart. Um, Just go ahead and underline that. <laughs> session. Um, okay. Um, Tut, you're, you're just uh, really admiring that cigar. The, the aroma, I'm telling you, man, the aroma on just smelling the... The cigar itself, but then now that you've lit up, the aroma floating across the table is is a wonderful smelling cigar. Pre-light and, and lit up. It does have that chocolatey. On the cold draw? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out some of the flavors that I'm, I'm kind of getting. Uh, like, it's 
for a second there I thought I was getting some like um, a real muted pepper not like you know spicy hoppy pepper but just mm-hmm. kind of like a real nice muted pepper that you sprinkle over over your food uh, food pepper food food pepper that's what we call it in the cigar tasting <laughs> world <laughs> where's that where's that flavor wheel let me make sure that food pepper's there yeah, it's around here somewhere uh yeah, so like I would get that like dancing around on the on the palate, not the because normally like when I get pepper I would get it on the, uh, through the retro, uh, but no on the palate this time it was a little bit nice, but it it there's some like there's another powdery flavor that I'm kind of searching for. I am getting a little jalapeno in the nose, not crazy, not not me back or or, or send me into. A, sneezing fit or anything but it's nice uh, but it's definitely like a, a pepper not food pepper but jalapeno pepper uh, and then I'm, I'm getting some chocolate uh, some dark chocolate on the draw I keep wanting to say that I am but it's it's not and a little bit of really a little sure bit of earthiness a little bit of earthiness with on the back end of that chocolate yeah we're in sync tonight oh yeah uh, man it just smells amazing Smells amazing. The smoke profile's nice on it. It's a good looking cigar. It's a good tasting cigar. It is. Um, I am smoked. I'll be honest. Not a lot of crowned head cigars. Um, we have another one in the. So say, I think I've the, done like in the humidor that's waiting for us. The the they, Buckeye Land. Yeah. So they. I've done like the. Uh, what did they do? The Yellow Rose. Uh-huh. Uh I have had the Yellow Rose. I had the Yellow Rose. It was I've all done right. like the uh, three. Uh, the. Jeez, the Four Kicks, which was their, I think, their first initial release that they've they've had. Uh, Jericho. Yeah, I think I've smoked a Jericho way back. Um, um, and they also had one named after that band that used to be up at the up at your pub uh, that old Tom played in. Um, Headley Grange. Headley Grange. They have a Headley Grange cigar. Yeah. Um, but I haven't I haven't smoked a lot of them. So. Yeah. Um, I had heard a lot of good things about the La Creme. Le Creme. I'm sorry. I'm so used with cigar saying la, yeah. everything Spanish. Le Carême. Le Carême. Um It's nice. It is. Uh, so far, full body and um, it's right. It's right up there in strength. Um, I'm not quite full yet for me, but it's 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 got some it's got some balls to it. But I mean, it's a really nice Connecticut broadleaf uh, wrapper. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't have a little bit of punch. You just can't put your finger on it, huh? <laughs> I think my palate is just fucked for right now. Because I'm like, is that spinach? I think I'm getting, like, spinach. All right, Popeye. Uh, another thing you should never put on a hamburger, spinach. Right? Can we agree on I that? I agree with you. Speaking of hamburgers, <laughs> tonight's film... A classic. What are you going to pair La Carême, named after one of the most popular celebrity chefs of the 1800s French cuisine scene? Why hamburger? The motion picture, of course, from 1986. French fries. Oh, jeez. French cigar. All right. Eh? Let's get this over with. <coughs> Believe this guy? Dude, when I said we were doing Hamburger the Movie, you, I could just picture you jumping up and screaming. I would never do that. I, I totally did do that. Don't tell him though. 
We have wanted to do this movie. I have wanted to do this movie. If it were up to me, we would have done this movie the first five shows. Literally, like, all five shows would have been on this movie. <laughs> this is one of my favorite, if not my, the ultimate TNA 80s flick for me. Um, you'd have to really press me to find one I like more. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I've, I just, I, I've seen it a gazillion times, but rewatching it for the podcast, I, I just, man, I hadn't watched it in a while. I just, it just brought back all the warm, all the warm fuzzies. Um, I'm, I'm just so glad we were finally. It took a French cigar and a <laughs> weed beer to get us here, but we did it. And I, I, I wanted to get it in before our 100. If we stop at 100 episodes, at least we got hamburger in there. Uh, written by Donald Ross, whose TV credits range from writing episodes of everything from different strokes to over a dozen murder she wrotes. Yeah. There was a couple Hardcastle and McCormick's in there, too. Oh, nice. Uh, and directed by Mike Marvin, who also directed uh, the Charlie Sheen ghostly revenge flick, The Wraith. Ooh, Ooh which one also, of my favorites. Which also came uh, out in 86. Yeah, I dig that. Um, and he wrote the screenplay to one of our favorites, Hot Dog. <laughs> the motion Busy picture. Man. Busy man. So, if there's a movie named after a delicious fast food with a colon in the title, Mike Marvin probably had his greasy little hands on it somewhere. Dude, directed hamburger? Wrote hot dog? Directed... Didn't you say directed Wraith? Uh, yes. Which featured a burger stand. Yes, it did. Uh, right. Yes, it did. This man loves his food. Loves his. Um. So yeah. So a high pedigree coming into this thing. The from the writer of freaking Hot Dog the Motion Picture. Uh, I think Hot Dog was just Hot Dog the movie, right? Yeah, yes. it was Hot Dog the movie. This, this is the is motion. Ha- this picture. is Hamburger colon the Motion Picture. A little classier. <laughs> uh, boy, when did we do Hot Dog on the show? That's like two years ago. I think so. It was a while back. Yeah. I want to say it was like January of 2017, maybe. Like two and a half years ago. Jeez. Time flies when you're (laughs) drunk. Yeah. Time flies when you have no... Whatever the word is that someone smarter than us would say. (laughs) Like I said, we just want to get to 100 episodes. (laughs) And we'll all check into a, a treatment facility and we'll be fine. We'll come back and we'll do some new episodes sober that I think just li- be the worst things that ever were I think recorded. our listeners are actually hoping that we do check in. They're you like, man, those just... guys got to get some help. If they don't, at least at least I hope they're recording when they kill over. <laughs> no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Eating hamburgers. <laughs> drinking weed beers. I got a handful of McDonald's <laughs> on the way here. Pounded beers. I, I thought about maybe... About maybe bring, showing up with some French fries, but I was like, ah, one of those guys will do it. Ooh. So disappointing. But you didn't say that you wanted anything. I, I just thought, you know, you guys could read my mind. <laughs> I would have a now. whole mountain, little, a pyramid of burgers right here. We could oh. just eat the whole thing. Oh, that would be just great. That'd be disgusting. Maybe next time we do this movie again. <laughs> if you say you're going to bring a pile of hamburgers, we'll do this movie again. I can do that. Yeah, we'll talk after the show. It'd be like an eating club. <laughs> yeah. Hamburger eating club. That's exactly what we need in our lives. Um, before I start, Tut, have you figured anything out over there? I am getting some cocoa powder. Uh, like It's like Nestle Quick, except not, not as sweet. It's a bit drier. 
little darker chocolate. Okay. I'm getting very rich dark chocolate on this sucker. Um, on the front of the palate, and just a Nicaraguan earth on the back end. Uh, that jalapeno's kind of died down on the nose a little bit. But it's still there if you really search for it, but it has gone down a little bit. But man, it's, it's a very... Uh, I always, I know it's probably not an accurate adjective. I, I always cigars like that. I was, it's very chewy, chewy, a thick kind of chewy smoke. It's it's the flavors come in thick and dense. Maybe is a better word. Dense, dense is a nice word. It's a dense smoke, which I like, which I appreciate. We've been doing some kind of lighter. Um, yeah, this is a this is kind of a traditional broadleaf, um, but it doesn't quite kick you in the balls like some broadleafs do. And uh, I think I'm liking it. I am too. Oh, it's it's only an inch in, but I think I like it. Yeah, it's not a flavor buster to where it's just like flavor, but it's like a refined flavor. It's like a just everything is just meant to be where it's at. I like how I said, you know, it's not as broadly as it sends me into a sneezing fit. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, I'm still getting over some allergies here. Uh, okay, well, we'll come back to it, and I'll maybe we can maybe we can figure out something going on in this beer too. It's gonna be a really quick uh, job for me writing up the episode page. Uh-huh. We, we didn't really figure out the beer, and we didn't really figure this. We liked everything. It was great. Look at my word count: fifteen words. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm gonna need you up the word count for SEO purposes. At one point, Tut thought he was getting something. <laughs> we waited patiently, and then he shook his head no. <laughs> no, uh, no we, we will come back to it. Sometimes, Bronzy, what do you think? <laughs> no, no. Sometimes these things have a way of figuring themselves out. The more we dig into them, so uh, we'll see. But let's dig into Hamburger the Motion Picture, huh? Let's take a big bite. Take a big ass bite. All right. We start things off with a montage of Fast Food America circa 1986 as one of the greatest songs ever composed yes. for a film ever plays out. Yes. Hamburgers for America, composed by Jack Turner and sung by the one and only Bill Mueller, who I spent about two hours trying to figure out what else these people have done. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, there's, we see hamburger patties being weighed and smashed, burgers and buns laid out on the grill. Handfuls of mustache dudes in extreme close-ups taking huge <laughs> bites of their delicious burgers. Apparently, every dude in '86 had a giant bushy mustache. Apparently so. Is that is that check that tracks? I, I guess so. All right. Uh, big scoops of French fries being plated. French fries. That's the guy. Yes. Yes. Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. uh, the lyrics are all about the meat sizzling as it cooks, cheese bubbling, Americana. crispy lettuce, juicy tomatoes. Oh man, Tut oh. texted me while he's watching the credits, and he started cursing at me because I guess he doesn't eat hamburgers anymore. He's on a diet. Sorry, uh, I should have stayed it for the end of the year when everybody's eating normal again. I knew I knew what to expect. Uh, the soda's popping and the shakes are shaking. Oh, dude, these lyrics are just so awesome. Uh, it actually is. It's fuck prob- off. A star is born. This is how you write songs for movies. Well, I'm sure if Bill they, Mueller. Well, I'm sure if they could have if they could have had afforded it for this movie, they would have just gotten Buffett's you know cheeseburger in paradise. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. I'm so glad they did. So much better. Jack Turner had to sit down at the piano, 
All right, here we go. A little slice of Americana. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to go down and I'm going to get... This is where it gets better, Tut. Uh, but yeah, I was just thinking like, you know, everybody's so big on stupid Bradley Cooper and all this shit. And it's like, no, this is how you do it. This is how you write songs for the silver screen. Or at least late night HBO in the <laughs> mid 80s. Uh, it's in our blood. It's our tradition. It's almost like we're on a burger mission. Oh, man. Were you guys just pumping your fists in the air? It was, it was a, it's a fantastic jingle, man. I, actually, that's the proper way to say it. All the music is basically like a jingle. The best jingles. Yes. There's also some lines in there about patriotism. Like, if you don't eat burgers, like you're you're not a patriot. I'm telling you, if I was a presidential candidate today, I would go on stage in Nebraska playing this song, and all those dum-dums who vote for Trump, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we love hamburgers. And I'd just be like, rocking this song. The lyrics were like, kosher pickles. And they're like, boo. Like, maybe not the kosher pickles. Uh, I have to have uh, Jack Turner do some lyric adjustments there. Uh, um, anyway. pickle from a... <laughs> the doctor's going to kill me. He loves singing these songs. Uh, I've been listening to him sing these fucking songs for 30 years. Uh, just nobody tell him we did the show. Well, I, I can tell you, like right now, he just like he's probably at home singing the song. And, I don't know why. I just thought of the song. It just came into my mind. Crispy lettuce. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get a burger. Oh, oh god! There's shots of little babies eating hamburgers. Old fuckers, no, like hundred years guys, old, chopping so down. Fucking true. I admit I've never spent this much time talking about the opening theme song in a movie. But you tell me, you tell me, doesn't it warrant this praise? It, yes. is. it does. It's burger-tastic. It's glorious. It is burger-tastic. It's greasy perfection. Just oh. like the movie itself. It is buster-tastic, man. And then the chorus comes in. Hamburgers for America. Oh, man. The only thing that I would, dare you to watch that opening credit scene and not run out within 24 hours and get you a hamburger. There is only one thing that would have made this better, and he wasn't alive back then, so I don't blame Mueller for not adding him in there. But had Trace Atkins been around (laughs) during this, you would have had a Trace Atkins voice. So, you know when I get in a mood for a (laughs) honk of hankering burger. (laughs) And it would have fit so damn perfect with this song. We need to save up enough money to get Trace Atkins to do a cover version of this. (laughs) That would be awesome. Sizzling bacon. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. It took me to number one. Hamburgers for America. Hey, boys. You know how you can tell who Ronald McDonald is at a nude beach? How? He's the one with the sesame seed buns. <laughs> That's Trace Atkins telling a burger joke. On the set of Hee Haw, apparently. <laughs> I just laugh like that donkey they'd always cut to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should try to at least reach out to Trace Atkins, see if he'd be interested in that. Um, He'll probably write back, and I already tried it. They won't give me the rights. <laughs> exactly. I tried that back. And Cheddar's bubbling. All right. Uh, well, we'll, we'll keep working on that. Here's the demo tape I cut, boys. He's going to leak it out there. The year was 89. I sat down with my 8-track recorder and my guitar. <laughs> Took a big bite out of a jack-in-the-box. What's their burger? The... Jack in the, the box. The, the Jack. Jumbo Jack. Jumbo Jack. 
When I'm out on a job site, I like to bite into a juicy jumbo jack. I get some, my Kubota tractor <laughs> with a jumbo jack. Sometimes, if I'm feeling fast, I'll get a little side order of jalapeno poppers. Damn it, now I want jalapeno poppers. Made right here in America. Can we stop so I can get some jalapeno poppers? I'm getting so hungry. Starving. We then cut to Short Falls College. Shortfalls. Where in Mildred Bailey's women's residence building, sounds like a lot of fun goes down there, we pan across the showers as several extremely beautiful female co-eds bathe themselves until we get to the last shower stall where we find our hero, Russell Prokall, sucking on the neck of a very cute blonde. Until that is, he's discovered by the extremely large den mother who's just got out of the shower herself, Mrs. Cratchmatter, who immediately... Screams and sends him to the office of Victoria Gottbottom, mm. MD, the school's insanely sexy undergraduate counselor. Uh, oh, Mrs. Gottbottom. This makes me. <laughs> I thought for years that she was the chick from Frasier, Jane uh, Lees. Like, I thought that was her forever, so whenever. Not that I was. I wasn't smart enough to watch Frasier. <laughs> but whenever I'd see her anywhere, she was on Seinfeld for a little time, yeah. too. I'd always thought I'd seen her boobs. And I'm like, oh, man. I bet like she's trying to hide from her hamburger past. Nah, it wasn't her at all. <laughs> Just a chick with a kind of English accent. Well, she's pretty dang oh, bad. She is hot. She is just. Keep in mind, eighty six. I man. would I would sign up for therapy. I'm like, like I'm you know when I'm first seeing this thing, I'm like you know prepubescent. This was this is one of the first boobs I ever saw in this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out this is his fourth college, Russell's fourth college in three years. He's been expelled for lewd conduct, for nude conduct, and at his last school he was hospitalized. She says, "Your thing in a sling." <laughs> the ding-a-ling. Russell, I'm sorry, just get a little r- cocktail. You get a little. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the poetry guy. The poetry guy. Wait, no, that was his ding-a-ling. Uh, I knew, I knew where you were going. It's going off the rails, man. Uh, well, Russell doesn't like it. His parents really want him to get a college degree, but he explains he can't even pick up a girl for the movies without ending up immediately in bed with her. I haven't seen a movie since E.T. He is just... He cannot go anywhere without chicks wanting to sleep with him. It's it's, it's a real thing, boys. It's a curse. It's terrible. Just terrible. Uh, I don't want to get into my own... Burdens. Here, but yeah, my own burdens. But I, I felt for Russell. Well, Dr. Gottbottom insists right. that Russell must start exercising some sexual self-control if he succeed in the world of academia. But at the same time, she appreciates a young, hard-bodied stud as much as anybody else. So she rips open her top, unleashing her creamy, pendulous melons. Were they pendulous yet? They were. As she starts making out with them, just like that. Russell shrugs. Well, you're the doctor. <laughs> but before they can get too far, Dean Dewberry... Barges in, and again, it's game over at Short Falls College for Russell. Oh, my mother's going to kill me, Russell looks up and says. And we cut to Russell's <laughs> parents' house, where his dad is strangling him, Homer Simpson, Bart style, on the couch. <laughs> he can't believe Russell screwed around with the school shrink, and he starts naming off all the other schools that toss his son out for the same reason. I love the fact that this was live, because that choke slam against the couch is repeatedly <laughs> is actually two oh, he's, actors yo, he's, going at they it. They went nuts. I, I'm surprised that that dude didn't like be like, I got whiplash, and I had to like, we had to stop shooting oh, for about sh- three months. He's shaking the hell out of him. But, you know, Russell's pleading with his dad. The women always start it. Well, you got a mouth. He says, use it. 
That's the problem, Dad. I always do. <laughs> Just say no, you little shit. Uh, well, that little quip from Russell, his little smile, makes his mom leap over the dad, and she starts strangling him. You see, it turns out Russell's grandpa left him $250,000 when he died, but he can't touch that money until he has some type of college degree. Just then, fortu- quite fortuitously... A commercial comes on the TV. The parents finally get exhausted from strangling him. <laughs> Everybody just kind of slumps there. And a TV commercial pops on for Buster Burger University. And we see a little light shine down. Not figured. I mean, we see Russell's uh, marble head kind of pop up. And uh, Buster Burger University, what's that all about? He's got a Buster idea. Speaking of lights shining down from above, you boys ever smoke a cigar and think, Man, this sucker is so heavenly, it must have been blended by angels. Maybe. Maybe I have. Yes. Well, some might say that's the reaction they had when first lighting up the coffee-infused tobacco cigars from our friends at Drew Estate. Tobacco, especially all cigars, are made by the almighty Drew Estate, the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nica Rustica, and more. Connecticut Shade Wrappers, Envelope, a Sumatra Binder, and Nicaraguan Criollo. Criollo? Criollo. Criollo. Filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly, super, super slowly... Infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. I'm a fan, and you will be too. Seek them out, folks. All right. Speaking of cigars, Todd? Well, I was trying to... I was maintaining my professional composer, because while you were talking there, I didn't want to go into... Oh, you're going to be humming the songs. Um, anyway, about the cigar. Hang, hang on, I need to get Fritz back up in here. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, it's kind of drying on the palate. Uh, a little dry? Yeah, it's like my, my palate dries up a little bit after it. Does your palate dry up after eating your unsuccessful banana souffle? Probably not because I don't eat... Souffles. The way you were so harsh about soufflés earlier, I thought you maybe attempted to make a soufflé, because I know you fancy yourself uh, an amateur. Oh, no, I've never tried to oh, make okay. a soufflé. You just had an unpleasant experience with a some sort of banana soufflé? Yeah, I'm not even sure i say that. It might just be I've never had a soufflé, and I'm just like, it sounds funny, so I'm just like, uh-uh, I don't want to do that. I thought he didn't know what he was talking about. When he threw out the banana bread thing, I was like, I don't think that's right. You know, I don't... I, I, I know, I My wife know. busted me that on fondue. I was like, I'm not going to eat fondue. Fondue sucks. I'm, that's fondue. Fondue's crazy. She was like, you realize it's nothing but cheese, right? Dippy like, bread and cheese. Oh, that sounds marvelous. Let's try that. So you're basically an 11 year old. Yeah, kind of. Hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Until you tell me what it is, I hate it. <laughs> um, I, I'm still getting the really rich dark chocolate with some earthiness in the back. Um, just a little bit of, of fleeting um, jalapeno on the nose. Nothing too new. Same with, same with you? I'm I'm not getting any sort of thang, uh, spice or, or pepper or anything yeah, like that. Uh, trying, though. I, I figured maybe on the retro how I'd get, oh. I'd get something, but... The construction on this is fine. I <laughs> finally the first time ever, an ash just went up my shirt. <laughs> Speaking, uh, speaking of, mine just finally dropped, and that was a beautiful-looking looking <laughs> ash. Give me a minute here. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, I'm not getting. A, I'm not getting. Touche, Marie Antoine, Karim. Karim. I'm not getting a lot of pepper either. No, I'm 
Just me, huh? On the nose? You're I, th- anything, I thought, anything on the nose? you know, like initially I thought maybe there's something, but it's it's not it's not a powerhouse out the nose. I'm just getting a, like, and like I said, after the initial uh, inch or so, it, did, it has died down considerably. Um, nice smoke prowl profile. Oh yeah, it, construction on it's great. Uh, the draw on it has been flawless. Uh, man, the taste I'm. The flavor stuff, I'm just trying to search for what it is because it's starting to present itself and it's you really, really nice. Maybe a little marshmallow? I'm going to say you get some marshmallow. Oh, I'd love to get some marshmallow. You know what? Sometimes it's okay not to be able to discern food and and specific woods, you know, cedar and oak and, you know, sometimes it's... It's aged cypress. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. It's pine. I just know that's damn good. Well, sometimes that's all you need to know. Yeah. It doesn't really help our listeners steering them into something they might like or not. But I, I, I know, but I, what's interesting is that it's, I mean, it's very distinctive across the palate, too. You know, there's some cigars that have more flavor coming through a retro hell <laughs> that hardly have any flavor on the palate and vice versa. This is nice, pal- uh, nice flavors on both the retro hell and across the palate. You just can't name any of them. No. Okay. I think it's the Ecuadorian that's throwing me for a loop. I am. I am enjoying enjoying it very much. And uh, the the beer, man, this beer is never not going to clash with any cigar. No, I'm. Which is surprising. Weird for seven hot, seven different hops. <laughs> like, why'd you use all those hops? If like it, it, it took us this many ingredients to make a beer that nothing stands out. They each counteract each other to create perfect balance to where nothing happens. <laughs> Hold on, I'm starting to get a little bit of a specific flavor here. More, more Idaho 7 hops in there. That'll take care of that flavor. Hey, at least it's not like the party These hops fat. are like sponges. They absorb all flavors. <laughs> this is the most delicious beer, but we're never going to let everyone taste it. Put more in there. Hey, it's better than the party crasher. That that's, Was that stout? The party crash. I don't even remember what that was. Or porter. Yeah, it was a uh, imperial stout, it, but it was it had no, it, it had it, no flavor. Well, I think it, wasn't that one where we like it was a hundred and twenty degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was, <laughs> like, it was, our, it was our Fourth of <laughs> July. It was, it was milk on a hot day. Bad yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was a little bit on us. <laughs> maybe. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I remember years ago I was sitting in my undergraduate counselor's office at school, Dr. Gottbottom, and <laughs> she was trying to lead me in a certain direction. And Oh, wait, no. That, that was, was from the movie. That was that was not me. That was from the movie. Uh, you want to get back to the movie? Yes. Yes. Please. So we're here, Russell, uh, after his neck is healed from his, his pummeling at his parents' house, makes his way over to the local Buster Burger fast food restaurant where he orders a double Buster Burger, some bull chips, and a Buster Cola from the super cute blonde chick working the register. Y'all ever see her at the Jack in the Box window at 3 a.m.? <laughs> no. 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 But I do love this thing. Just before he gets there, there's an elderly woman in her car going through the drive-thru. And I think this sets was just one of those things where you immediately know. It's like, you know what? After you see this scene, you're like, I want to work for this company. I want to, I want to be Russell. Well, it also sets the tone for kind of the, the not-give-a-fuck of the movie. Basically, this old lady pulls up in her old-timey convertible, 
fairly simple order. She wants a burger, whatever, and the, the little smart ass at the drive through is like, listen, Granny, well, just say you want this. Okay. Well, you got to say, say it. it. <laughs> like, he wants her to call it the stupid Buster <laughs> Up Burger. Up yours, name. pickle. Up yours, pickle. Uh, what's he tell her to fuck off or fuck Take off and that. die, Granny? Take that and sh- bend over and shove it where the sun don't shine. So she dies. <laughs> In the drive-thru. In the drive-thru. <laughs> she just croaks dead from being insulted by this, the big pickle with a speaker in its mouth. Uh, well, Lisa, back at the register, well, this happened outside. Lisa looks Russell up, uh, looks him over, up and down, and asks if there's anything else he'd like to nibble on. I'm telling you guys, it's a curse. Uh, I speak, Take your word for it. I speak from experience, dudes. Poor Russell. And Russell briefly considers banging Lisa, but then he remembers why he's there. He's like, no, 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 I just want some food. No sex. Just want some food. And uh, he asks uh, the manager if there really truly is a Buster Burger University. The enthusiastic man tells him, indeed there is, young man. It's in Colorado, tuition free. And with a degree from Buster Burger U, you can get approved for a loan from Buster Burger Credit Union and open up your own franchise someday. Lisa, the cute clerk, interrupts to tell the manager, uh, there's a dead old woman in the drive-thru. We'll cancel our order then. <laughs> uh, but Russell's heard enough. He's going back to school, baby. Love it. Boom. Get your hero. Get your mission. Get the inciting action. We're off to school. Now we're off on the hero's journey. Like five minutes in, we are going. Act one. As we're introduced to the Buster Burger campus, another catchy as hell song plays out that you'll be singing in your head for weeks after the movie o- is over. America, you're getting burger hungry, hungry for the burger that makes you full. You're chomping for the taste of a Buster Burger, our famous Buster Burger that's full of bull. Thick, rich shakes, tasty French fries, our double Buster Burger, you know it satisfies. Oh, I've been singing it in my head all day. America, you're getting burger. Oh my God, this movie. So can we stop now so I can seriously go get a burger? Uh, <laughs> so hungry. Hey, I got a little surprise for you boys. Uh, how cool would that be if I pulled out a big bag of burgers? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, that was wrong. It's tempting. There's students dressed in their red uniforms, goose stepping in front of a giant cheeseburger statue. There's enormous bullhorns protruding out from the rooftops of every building on campus. There's two dudes. You see the two dudes dressed in the ketchup mustard costumes grabbing a cigarette, like laughing? Oh, man. It's actually eerily similar to where I, my alma mater, Sam Houston State University. <laughs> it's not like they just had giant statues of guys that they, Oh, wait, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they totally did. I just wish I could find my mustard costume. Well, as the new students... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I found those two dudes just out <laughs> hanging in the quad, having a smoke, and those ketchup mustard. I just couldn't stop giggling at that. Well, this the, place really exists. Look at those guys <laughs> loafing off, not taking their job seriously. They're just yep. like everybody else. Just like everybody. They're on break. They, they took their job seriously. They're just on break. Uh, you actually need a beer real quick. 16 yes. ounce or a 12? I'll, I'll leave that choice up to you. Yeah, well, this was already in my hand. So yeah. there you go. Tell me one. Might as well have it on deck. Well, as the new students shuffle onto the campus between the two towering guard pickles, uh, Russell quickly meets the very nerdy Herb Zipser, a.k.a. Nacho, played by the late Jack Blessing, 
were, as I came to know him, McGillicuddy from Moonlighting. Uh, he did a lot of those things too, but I, I always knew him as McGillicuddy. And I mean, he's a full-blown nerd. Suspenders, glasses, high-pitched voice. The works, to use burger lingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's no time to make friends right now because Drill Sergeant First Class Druton is calling all the new recruits to attention. And in a brilliant bit of casting that I'll put right up there with Richard Dawson and The Running Man, they cast the one and only Chicago Bears legendary linebacker Dick Buckus. Ah. Come on, man. It's perfect casting. It is. Nobody else can play Drew. Uh, no, every time I think it was, who's going to be the guy that you're just going to be like, I mean, I can't hate him, but I can hate him. You didn't like Druton? I liked you, him. I you, just you not as... You don't like Dick Buckus. You're against America. I, I love Dick Buckus. I've actually met him. <gasps> go on. Uh-huh. Go on. We were doing a show in, it was either South Dakota not or... Not us. North, you, this has been your country, not, country yeah. music days. Uh, we were doing a show at either South Dakota or North Dakota at some hellhole Indian reservation. And it was just a middle of nowhere crap joint. And uh, we were, it was our last day. I think it was like a three-day stint, either a three-day or four-day. We were doing a house gig there. And we were going out. We had checked out and we were going out. And our guitar player is from uh, Champaign, Illinois. Huh? And all of a sudden, he just slaps me on the shoulder. He's like, oh, my fucking God, that's Dick Buckus. And I look back over to the registration. I'm like, nah, too small. And he's like, my God, look, that's fucking Dick Buckus. And I look over there, it's Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus is checking in, and he's just, my guitar player is just fucking freaking. Yeah. And I'm like, well, go, go meet him. And he's like, come on just grabs me goes up there and it's like Mr. Buckus I'm a huge fan I am so oh my god I have watched you grow and it just just nerd gushes all over Buckus who just you, ta- t- you tub of crap almost <laughs> he just takes his hand I mean guys it just took, takes his hand to shake and just goes yeah thanks and it walks away and it was just so funny and I was like and I was like well that's kind of fucking rude and it was almost like it was almost like Buzzsaw just slapping him because did you hear that? He touched my head. That's exactly how I pictured him. Just rude as yeah, he's fucking. One of the meanest, r- he's one of the meanest linebackers in NFL history. What'd you expect? I know. He's actually shorter than I, than I thought he would be. Well, he's, he was old then. I mean, yeah, he was. years. He, he I have was. a very special. He didn't want. He didn't want to be there. You well, can tell. I mean, it's in fucking North Dakota. What was he or doing there? Uh, there? It was like some convention, and oh, I'm like assuming and stuff. I'm assuming he no. It was like a corporate uh, convention that was going on. So I think he was doing the. Oh God, can you imagine the, key, him to the keynote inspiring speech? Listen, you slide buckets. <laughs> anyway, it was real. It was actually pretty cool to see. Pretty cool. To, okay, pretty I have cool a very personal connection. As you guys know, I'm a lifelong Bears fan my whole life. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. It's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, I, I, I am a hardcore Bears fan, but obviously the Buckus was way before my time. Um, but when I was just a baby, um, literally, like when I was just born, uh, my father bought the family a dog, and he was a hardcore Bears fan, and he named the dog Buckus. And so that was That's my, actually pretty cool. That was my first pet. Was Buckus? It was kind of mutt. Uh, I don't know what the hell it was, but uh, yeah. So my turns out my mom was highly allergic to dogs, um, so Buckus had to go live with my grandma. But he lived for like 
20 years. I mean, this thing was just, <laughs> you just, you just wouldn't stop going. Uh, so I, so I, I, I've always, just, just the name Buckus warms my heart, and, and he, he sure warmed my heart in this movie. He gives it his all, man. You can say what he you does. want, he gives he it his all. He does. Um, well, real quick, I, I see you just in, in... Dude, I am still trying to search. I am I am failing as a freaking cigar aficionado connoisseur. My brain shut down and it just said, shut up, enjoy it. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you then stop me if you have something you to point out. I mean, you're, you're obviously liking it. Yeah, and that... Man, I wish there's a very... <coughs> I know I have. I know I've again. Ex- it's not making me sneeze at all. <laughs> you guys aren't getting any. I'm not getting any of this little jalapeno any, thing. Any pepper on the nose? No. No. Okay. If I am, it's like a very. It's not. It's a very muted food pepper. Snooze. Uh, <laughs> sneeze. Joking aside, it's it's not kicking my ass. It's very mild. But yeah, it, it's, but it, it's, but it's a very muted black pepper. But it's there. It's not a food pepper. I it's a jalapeno I pepper. It's not a jalapeno pepper. Food pepper. <laughs> when I, mean, I said food pepper, I meant black pepper. No, no, I just thought that was hilarious. Pepper. You know the kind of pepper you put on food, like food salt. <laughs> what bell pepper, jalapeno pepper, there's sea salt, pepper. and then there's food salt. What about <laughs> kosher salt? And then there's kosher salt. Kosher salt, so delicious, but it ain't so nutritious. <laughs> Again, I would leave the kosher stuff out of the song if I'm on the presidential stage in Nebraska. I just like the fact that like on every inch of the palate it covers with flavor. There's it, not like a dry it spot. Is I a, mean, it is a throat coat. Yeah. Which goes to my description of dense. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a it's a it's a fills your it fills your mouth with goodness. <laughs> just like a good hamburger. Just like a good hamburger. Yes. Yes. Or Dr. Gotbottom. <laughs> well, Druton uh, informs the the new students that they're standing on 5,000 of the most heavily guarded acres in America. <laughs> no outsiders allowed. And Buster Burger's going to spend around $15,000 on each of them in the hopes they can survive the intense training and become Buster Burger managers. He looks one chick, Conchita, over <laughs> and barks at her. It says you're from guacamole. You look like you're from guacamole. (laughs) She says that she's there to learn how to feed her starving people back home. Well, then you're in the right place, sister. To which Sister Sarah, a nun who's also signed up for her. Yes? No! (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was The little delivery there was wonderful. (laughs) It was nice timing. Just then, a... uh, African-American, very flamboyantly dressed singer named Magneto Jones arrives in handcuffs against his will. Uh, he's dragged out of this cop car. After Druton calls Magneto a slime wad, he's bitching, I'm here against my will, I got a gig tonight, blah, blah. After Druton calls Magneto a slime wad, a slime bucket, and finally a, shut up, faggot. I was like, oh, you can't say that, Dick Buckus. The singer finally clams up and falls in line. You see, the Supreme Court ordered Buster Burger to graduate a black manager to prove they to prove we ain't bigoted. Wait, what? How many? How many of them? He was like, we haven't had a black owner come. We haven't here. had a black graduate in twenty five years. <laughs> and I'm gonna make sure you do. You get it. 
Here's the thing, though, I never ex- understood about Magneto Jones. I don't think he was, like, committed a crime. They never said what he committed. I think... They, no, you think it was just that they needed a black they person? They needed a black guy, and they found? just went and found this guy. Like, <laughs> but, like he's every time you see him, yeah. he's in shackles. He is. <laughs> We're going to prove we ain't bigoted and treat you like a slave. Pretty, Pretty much. much. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the comedy in it. Uh, unless you're Magneto Jones. So what was it in the 80s that made like all black entertainers like Magneto Jones, who's basically... I don't know when Heartbreak Ridge came out, but uh, who did Mario Van, did Mario Van Peoples model his character after Magneto Jones? Probably, because it's the same. It's the same character. Yeah, it is. I see that now. And the guy from uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Ooh, baby. Ooh, yeah, that guy traveling in his van, singing. singing. It, well, I mean, it's kind of like they they took just a number of different, you know. I want to be part Prince, part Michael part Jackson. Prince, yeah. And yeah. Rick James a Rick little James. bit. They all kind of dress the same. Oh, yeah, I guess you, it's a good point about Mario Van Peebles in uh, Heartbreak Ridge. He's very Magneto Jones. Uh, but we're learning fast here, boys. Nobody sasses Drill Sergeant Druten, goddammit. We also meet the very obese Prestopopnik. 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 Roadhouse's Tinker. I yes. thought that was Tinker. I was what? like, yeah. yeah. I was like, the, the guy gets crushed by the bear. Yeah, I was like, is that... It kind of does look, but he's younger, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Roadhouse was 89. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit before that. Should he aged that. terribly. I was about to say, he kind of did. He's still alive. Can you believe that? Yeah, all. actually, I think he is. He lost a lot of weight, though. He's still yeah. around. Uh, well, Prestopopnik. Did I say right? Yes, you did. Prestopopnik. Explains to Druton that despite being fat, he's like, how the hell are you going to manage it, you tub of crap? We're uh, sell burgers, not devour them. We sell burgers. We don't devour them, fatso. He's like, no, 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 sir. I found a way uh, to control my urges to eat all the bull chips in sight by hooking up an electrical shock device to my finger. And when he does this, it sends him into a series of hilarious convulsions, which squashes his urge to eat. Whenever he puts this shock thing on, he just starts shaking violently, Chris Farley style, like being electrocuted. <laughs> hair, hair just I wonder smoke, if Chris Farley was like smoke coming out of his ears. I like, wonder if Chris Farley saw this movie and was like, "Oh my god, this guy's onto something." This guy's onto something. Uh, well, Druton's not impressed. He actually does that. You tub of crap. Tub of crap. Uh, before dismissing the new students, Druden waves around his spatula. He's always got this little spatula he whips around in the air. As he lays down the rules. No leaving campus, no alcohol, no tobacco, no drugs, and absolutely no sex or hanky-panky in the dorms. And apparently escape from L.A. Coffee Druden. Uh, see? We're not the only one. I'm not the only one obsessed with this movie. <laughs> Suddenly, the school's president and Buster Burger founder, Lyman Vunk... He looks like he's what about a hundred years oh, old. Oh, thank you, Lyman. I he love this He basically looks like Mr. Simpsons from the bird. From the, he does. The if, if they had Burns done Simpsons. a live Simpsons, action, they should have gotten, gotten, gotten him. He had the little pointy nose, the little bald head. Oh, I, I mean, love he this had, guy. He literally, I love if this you put guy. him in a blue suit, he would have been <laughs> Mr. Been. Burns. Like yes. just sat him down, looking evil. Yes. <laughs> well, Lyman Vunk shows up with his sexy as hell, much younger, buxom wife, Mrs. Vunk. They pull up on a golf, golf cart, which of course has giant horns in the front of it. Everything does here. Uh, as Mrs. Vunk sucks seductively on a piece of red licorice with her titties popping out, Russell's soon-to-be roommate Fred Domino is instantly in love. Fred Domino, what a great name, huh? Maybe one of the best 
character names we've had on the show. <laughs> uh, he's Fred Domino, the horny uh, the horny sleazeballs, played by Sandy Hackett, son of legendary comic Buddy Hackett. And wow. if you remember back to Hot Dog, he was the wet t-shirt contest MC. I actually, okay, yeah, yeah, I actually got the face. Uh, yeah, he's great in this. Huh. I, I didn't know that was Buddy Hackett's kid. That's Buddy Hackett's kid. Okay. It's all coming full circle, boys, from hot dog to just like a Buster Burger onion ring. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. I started thinking about that poem I read in the beginning about goddess nipples circles and how a burger was like a titty. I don't know what that was about. I open up a burger chain. You want some goddess nipples? I'm going to reread that poem at the end of the show. Maybe after a dozen beers, it'll make some sense. Um, well, back in their dorms, which feature giant hamburger-shaped beds, uh, Russell declines Fred's Domino's gifts of porno mags, booze, rubbers. He brought everything you're not he supposed to bring. He smuggled everything in. Uh, he says, as long as I'm at Buster Burger U, sex is out of the question, Fred. Well, he's trying to graduate. He's got some money on the line. He's got some big money on this. This is his last shot. Uh, we'll cut to the welcoming pool party that night put on by the Vunks. Druton bites off the cork of a champagne bottle, <laughs> spits it out, pours a glass and chugs it, uh, and then offers uh, his girlfriend, Mia Vunk, Lyman Vunk's daughter from a previous marriage, a, a glass. He asks her about a, p- a potential promotion opportunity, and she just kind of looks at him like, is that the only reason we're dating, you know, because who my father is? The two have nothing to do with each other, Mia. Chug some more <laughs> champagne. Uh, speaking of her dad, he shows up to the shindig, and Fred Domino quickly whisks his wife away, the top-heavy Mrs. Bunk, to the dance floor. Well, Russell just wants to get a bite to eat and hit the sack. Alone, he says. But Kate style, it ain't that easy. As Conchita from Guacamole immediately throws herself on him at the salad bar. Back home in Guacamole on the lay of the land. They call me the lay of the land, yeah. But Russell spins away from her right into the arms of Maya? Maya Vunk. Mia? Maya? Mia. Mia. Mia Vunk. And he asks her to dance to get away from Conchita. I'm here to get a degree, not father a Guacamole freedom fighter, he tells her. No. I don't know if I'd be able to turn down Conchita. She's so hot. She had a Maria Conchita Alonzo thing to her. Well, it was the 80s. They all did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, time. They seem to hit it off, uh, Maya and Russell. That is until... I was press- talking about the stereotype. Of course, of course. Okay. Uh, that is until <laughs> Prestopopnik Prestopopnik comes across the burger bar like you wanted tonight. It's just like a, a buffet of nothing but stacks of burgers. He starts getting hungry, so he hooks up the electroshock finger thingy, sending him the nun, Druton. He's just shaking all around, knocking everybody into the pool. Mia, basically everybody he sends flying into the pool. It's a pool party, yells Herb Zipser. And even Lyman Vunk comes out, and he seems kind of into it, like, good to it's see you. It's a pool party. It's a pool party. Everybody's, oh, yeah. Hey, you like seeing people have fun? Uh, man, this is what I call a top-notch cast of characters, boys. Not since the original Revenge of the Nerds have we seen such a unique crew of misfits and weirdos. Everybody just works. They work good together. I love this movie so damn hard. The fact that it's wasting away into cinematic obscurity, it's not available for streaming, it's not available, it should have a fully loaded Blu-ray to learn more about The fact that you can't, this thing's just wasting away somewhere. I don't understand it. It's a fucking crime. Believe me, I'm... 
You're preaching to the choir. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's in the vault. I, like, I don't understand why someone's not putting this out there. It's the production level of like the university and the set pieces. The oh, le- it's a, it's, the, it's an, it's the level of acting. Like the performances are top notch. It's funny. It's actually funny. There's really great nudity. It is to me the most underrated, underseen '80s TNA comedy, without a doubt. It's, I agree with you. I mean, like just everything, like the music, the. It, I was about it, to say the budget. There's, the budget's there in this. It's not like this is some little weird art shop indie. No, film. we've seen those. We've seen those bad. And even some of them are good. Yeah. Uh, 80s movies. This thing actually had some money. They put it to good use, like you yeah. said, with the score, with the set pieces, with the act, actually getting people that could act. And, and I just, especially coming, what, two years after Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah. I thought, I'll, I'll get to this a little bit later, but I thought these this crew of, you know, outcasts and everything worked just as good as the nerds together. I mean, they weren't as quite as a unit as the nerds were, but they all filled their roles great. And they were all, you know, we didn't need to see a lot of the nun, Sister Sarah. Right, right. But, like, when Magneto Jones was in a scene, he was great. Right. When the fat guy with the shocker was there. I mean, they were all just really fun. God, I love this movie. All right. Tut, uh, I think I'm getting a little bit of Yak Boy's Marshmallow in this now. Yeah, uh, we were talking off camera. I'm kind of, I'm kind of agreeing with the s'mores. And the reason thing. I say s'mores is because you know there was that chocolate already there. Yeah, but it's not as. It, but there's just kind of to this me, it's not as sweet as like a you know a s'mores with a Hershey's and graham cracker. But it's got that same basic taste. It just doesn't have that sugary sweet taste to it. To me, it's just it's just a very kind of enveloping. Um, enveloping. Enveloping. Enveloping, enveloping. On the back of the palate, after you get that first dark chocolate, it's just kind of like it just kind of swirls in the back of your tongue, yes. and and, it, and it's just kind of lays there, and it's yes. just kind of, it's just this kind of yeah. There's a little bit of kind of a marshmallow or yeah. a, a, I don't know, a fondue kind of. I don't know if it's fondue cheesy. I hate it. But I'll tell you what's interesting is that I. A lot of times I don't stop and like actually smell the outside of a cigar once I start smoking in it. It's got heavy leather on it. It does. You had me, and I, I agree. It does uh, the just? <coughs> I will say, <coughs> from an aroma standpoint, the sucker's going to score high. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, from the pre-light smell in the wrapper to what the just the fucking smoke pouring over here is just uh, it smells amazing. And uh, man, those core flavors of the, the the chocolate and the earth, and now whatever is enveloping, enveloping, whatever it is swirling around the back of my tongue, I'm digging it. I think it's earth, but it's a very dry earth. Dry earth. They haven't had rain in a while. Yes. It's a drought. It's a drought. Drought it's earth. A, it's a drought earth. It's drought it's earth. dry earth. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Okay. Uh, I really like it. Um, I really do too. I, I do too. I'm still getting just beer, <laughs> uh, uh, an unknown citrus, and that's it. <laughs> right? It's, it's. I mean, it's not beer, but it's beer. Uh, and it's staying out of the way of the cigar. I, th- I thought, um, especially looking at that space cake, I thought maybe that might be way too much for any cigar. Yeah, no. It's a lot. It's a flavor bomb, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know. 
I just I know we've been doing a lot of pale ales and IPAs lately, but um, yeah, I think it's I think they're working okay together. Yeah, and like you know, you, you like you said, the beer is not doesn't give anything discernible that interferes with the cigar or, or overpowers anything in it. You know, it does kind of make me a little sad because I'm like thinking it's pale ale. It's, it should have a little kick to it. Yeah, but it's, you know it what? Should. It, it should. You know, but I think usually in Crypto, you're, you're you're far more knowledgeable in these things. I mean, by, by classifying as an American pale ale as opposed to an India pale ale. Right. Is it, isn't that where they kind of emphasize the citrus and as opposed to being a... Uh, well, American, they dial down the hops. I mean, they give you eight, eight or ten hops, but then they don't... It's an American. Well, they uh, dial down the IBUs, I should say. In, in American yeah. pale ales, just they tend to emphasize the citrus, floral kind of aspect of it, as opposed to just kicking you in the teeth. Yeah, uh, somewhat, yeah. But I think that that comes from the types of hops that are used. It usually, give it that. I think if they just would have gone with an Idaho three hop, that would have given you a little bit of kick. They went with the seven, eh. but what do I know? And we host a very popular beer podcast. Now, what separates this beer from a blonde? The uh, in terms of a blonde, well, I mean, they're both ales, but it's just the 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 length of it, the the amount of hops put into it, primarily. Yeah. Blondes have no discernible hops, correct? I mean, they have yeah, a little this bit. Yeah, this like, has a little bit more hops than a blonde, I, w- yeah. I would say. I mean, IBUs on blondes uh, tend to be much lower. But I'm just saying, if I you're... Mean, that, 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 of course, that considerably changes the flavor profile. I just think that if you're only a couple of degrees higher than a blonde, you're not really a IPA. It's not an IPA. It's an APA. Well, even... but. Uh, I don't know. That's one of the things that I hate about it. a lot of the beers that are in this profile because Americans really love IPAs. A lot of beers are saying that they're some sort of pale ale, even though it's not really a well, pale ale. Well, we haven't had we've done the, a lot the, lately. The pale ale in of itself isn't supposed to be overly you know, bitter. I mean, right. uh, an IPA is bitter and has that extra, has the extra, uh, you know, higher alcohol, things like that, just from where it originated. To, to make the the you know back when it started to, to make the journey across the ocean as it was being from uh, Britain being delivered to India but the pale ale itself is not really supposed to be like a IPA it's not supposed to be overly hoppy or anything like that okay it still has more hops than you know your typical ale like a yeah. blonde but this I mean like I, I said the, the way that everything has, is used in this. It, it doesn't even have, really seem like it has hops at all. They say it's yeah. a fifty, but yeah. I would try, I'd say if you and if you're gonna do that, I, I would like something else. Like give me some floral. Give me like a, a, a more dominant citrus where I know like oh that's you know orange or that's let like instead I'm just not getting anything. Yeah, it's just beer. Yeah. And like, maybe I don't like clown shoes. That's two. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 unlike that one, I actually dislike that one. I don't dislike. I don't this. dislike this, and yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah. I I, mean, I mean, keep drinking. I it. like clown shoes. I mean, <laughs> we bought a Space lot of these things. Space cake is delicious. 
They had a, another uh, uh, IPA, Tony the Emperor. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, next time when I pick out stupid ones, just say, hey, <laughs> I, got, I got a better one for it. But, I mean, Tony the Emperor, that doesn't go with Hot Dog or Hamburger the Movie. No, no it doesn't. No. Maybe we should brew our own Fred Domino IPA. Dr. Got Bottom Imperial Stout. I'd buy it. Let's just make name all our beers after <laughs> characters from this movie. <laughs> the Pospotnik Porter. Prestopopnik. Prestop. Don't look at me like I'm crazy that I can't say that name. It's got 20 <laughs> letters in it. All right. Well, the next morning at the Center for, after the big pool party that night before, at the Center for Pickle Research, the students start learning their craft immediately. We go into the surgery room where they lose a giant pickle on the operating table. Okay. It flatlines. We see the the heartbeat flatline. The highly eccentric Dr. Mole reveals that in death, the pickle has left them new life, and he reaches into the pickle's belly and pulls out a tiny pickle. Look, a tiny gherkin. Oh, and it gets better. Twins. And dude, everybody's all cooing like. I love the, I was about to say that I love the how serious the actors are taking this. Oh, dude! But isn't this an, uh, this is another because I, I believe this <laughs> sequence is actually it's like a montage. It is, but it's 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 a slower montage. Correct. No, they just you just spend a little time. Next, we go to the onionology class. Yeah. yeah. Where they're studying onions and they're all crying. The instructor has a gas mask on. But it's got Mr. Burns like doing the philosophy of the Mia. Well, for Mia Vunk, his daughter teaches a class on why their use of the bowl is so unique from <laughs> other fast food chains. She wheels in this giant wooden bowl and she starts giving a demonstration of which parts of the bowl they do not use. I just like that line. Even though Buster Burgers are full of a hundred percent bull. We don't use 100% of, of the, the bull. bull. She fires up a chainsaw, <laughs> chops oh, off its head, cuts off the wooden cow head, and then lops off his balls, which roll across the classroom floor. Fred picks one of them up. B9. Sister, I believe that's bingo. And he throws it at the nun, who grabs the testicle and passes out. Papostanik. Prestopopnik. Prestopopnik picks up... Ooh, scrotum. A real delicacy. He pulls out his food salt love, from his shirt. I, I sprinkles it I on love there he and has, takes a I love he has a pocket food salt just there. <laughs> sprinkles it on there and just takes a big bite like an apple. Oh, man, it's classic. I'm totally saying that from now on. Food, food pepper, and food, food salt. Food pepper, and food salt. Do you have any food salt? <laughs> Is there other kinds? <laughs> Clearly so there are. You are a moron, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No, I have a, I have a stupid podcast. <laughs> uh, well, Lyman Vunk, uh, who started all, he's giving a lecture in one of the auditoriums, and he has all the students repeat out loud the most important phrases they must commit to memory as Buster Burger managers. You eat it, you buy it. You eat it, you buy it. Bull is our business. Lots of bull in every bite. I thought you were going to repeat everything. I, I, I was going to, but then I was like, no, that'd take too long. We reserve the right to refuse service to assholes like you. <laughs> and finally, put those cookies down, motherfucker. And you'll see, they were paying attention in this class. 
I just like the fact that you got this like 80 pound old man doing these lines who looks and sounds like Mr. Burns. He was uh, the mean guard in Cool Hand Luke. Yes. Yeah, he's one of those faces that he's been oh, in yeah, quite a few. Well, Drill Sergeant uh, Drill Sergeant Druton also teaches a class utilizing the Lyman 9000, their lean mean burger training machine. It's the machine that separates the bull from the bullshit. It's an automated machine that heats the burger with laser beams, then applies the ketchup, mustard, and mayo, utilizing my favorite sound effect of all time. Oh, my God. This is like, I heard this, and I was like, oh, that's If you go to any of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club short films, you will hear this ad nauseum. It is the exact fucking sound file. God. Uh, did it bring back horrible memories? Yes. For <laughs> my PTSD just went uh, off the rails. Uh, and then, as the burgers are coming on this assembly line, the operator must put together the burger with lettuce and tomato and put it in a Buster Burger box. In all his years of training, Druden has never lost a burger on the line, so there's a lot of pressure here. As he says, You're up first, ketchup crotch. To which Conchita's like, Me? No! Him! Me? Come on, that's. Uh, I'm start calling you guys ketchup grudges. Amer- uh, food ketchup. Food ketchup, please. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not you, him. He points to Russell. He saw Russell flirting or dancing with Mia yeah, at the he's dance, and he's, he's, so he's angry. Got, he's got a target on him. Uh, he did not like that one bit. It's payback time. Well, let's face it. Russell never stood a chance here, did he? Druton speeds up the machine. He's got this giant remote control <laughs> with like this huge pull-out antenna. And uh, he just makes the machine crank up to absurd levels. Uh, buns are flying every which way but loose. Ketchup is squirting everywhere except on the buns. <laughs> no lettuce on that one. That was supposed to be medium rare. Come on, you pickle prick. Get with it. <laughs> pickle prick. Oh, now all based insults are fantastic. Good now, God, I love this movie. Now all I see is our unreliable intro where the bird hits the, <laughs> the screen. Oh, I use the sound effect for anything. <laughs> Tut, this is a real sensitive scene where a young man comes out to his family as being a homosexual, and right, right when we cut to the dad's face, <laughs> Kate, it makes no sense. Just I want it. And I want it loud. Louder. <laughs> well, the lesson ends with Druton shoving Russell's oh. face into a sloppy mess of burgers and condiments, making him eat his mistakes. Not a good day for a hero, huh? <laughs> no, it was not. It's going to do that all night to make Tut go crazy. Uh, that night in the dorm, uh, Russell's doing his best to study up on how to keep old people from hogging your tables forever at your Buster Burger. That's got to be a real problem. Old people come in, get a cup of coffee, and sit there all day. Uh, so he's learning about that. But his roomie, Fred Domino, is too busy to help quiz him as he's blowing up a sex doll. Fred uh, then fairly easily talks Russell into sneaking off campus as by climbing on top of some laundry trucks to get some Chinese food. Not sex, Russell stresses, just Chinese food. What I love more than anything else is that, you know, 
this being a burger university, <laughs> the guards have Uzis. <laughs> and they go through the laundry truck with their Uzis, and they find Magneto Jones. He was trying to sneak out. He had a gig that night. <laughs> I still think he's being held like against he's his will. He's a captive, yes. Um, and the next thing you know they're sitting at a table in the Chinese restaurant they walk in with and they see Mrs. Vunk and her stepdaughter Mia sitting there and they call her call them over there Russell's like we're sunk like you know we're busted but they're like you know what we had to sneak out for some, some we, can't get just, it. we can't just eat hamburgers <laughs> so they offered you know come sit with us uh, Mrs. Vunk says, you haven't lived... She has, I'm not going to try to do her voice. Oh, my gosh. She has a real high-pitched bimbo voice. You haven't lived until you've tried the some young boy here. Uh-oh. Mia is clearly into Russell. And Mrs. Vunk, who Mia oddly calls mother, despite them being party friends, before it's, she married the dad. That's weird, right? It's yeah. really weird. She calls her mother. She, it was revealed her real mom died of food poisoning. <laughs> but she calls Mia, who was her friend... Mother. All right. It's, it's I, there's strange. more weird stuff there. I'm going to get to that later. Uh, she's very clearly into Fred Domino. Uh, Mrs. Vunk is. Which, by the way, when we tra- if we travel this year with Drew Estate on the Barn Smoker Tour, that's my new hotel check-in name. Fred Domino? If you need to find my room, it's under Fred Domino. So long to Marty Coleslaw. We had a good run. <laughs> Rest in peace, Marty Coleslaw. Hello, Fred Domino. Hello, Fred Domino. <laughs> Sir, would there be anything else your friend's room would be under? Oh, God, I can't believe I got to do this. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, here we go. It's <laughs> a room 217. Fred, uh, at, at Mrs. Vunk's uh, request, orders some gangbang foos, some Szechuan chicken balls, and a plate of four well-hung lows. Uh, she's really hungry, apparently. And re- weirdly, that's the exact same order that Yak Boy places whenever I go out to eat Chinese food with him. You like those four hung lows. Something wrong with them? They're no, delicious. no, they're delicious. They're delicious. And Miss Funk is also very perceptive as well as hungry, as she's the first to see Drill Sergeant Druton walk in the restaurant. As he walks in, he stiff arms a waiter <laughs> carrying a tray. And you get the idea that's how he enters everywhere. everywhere. By just <laughs> knocking a dude on his ass. Uh... <laughs> Russell and Fred quickly hide under the table as Druton takes a seat with me. Hey, mind if I sit down? Uh, I guess he's just going to go there and eat by himself. I guess so. Uh, as Druton helps himself to the chicken balls and the four well-hung lows, it's a lot of food for you two, girl. Oh, they tried to get out of it. Like, oh, we're actually just leaving. And then the waiter shows up with all this food. Uh, Fred, under the table, discovers that Mrs. Vunk isn't wearing panties. So he decides to take eating out to exciting new levels by burying his head in her coochie. She's sweating and moaning, breaking chopsticks in half. And surprisingly, Mia seems okay with her, her father's wife getting eaten out under the table. Well, that's weird. Part, well, well, better, party girls. That's weird, right? Yes. The correct answer is yes. Well, Mrs. Bunk's breasts are dripping with sweat. She's sucking on a barbecued rib like there's no tomorrow. Despite Mia trying to turn the conversation towards this year's group of uh, crop of undergraduates, to which Druden says, some real dum-dums, but I'm going to make sure none of them graduate. It's clear that things are building up under the table uh, to a real climax here. Yes, under the table. I'm just waiting to hear the sound. 
And indeed they do. <laughs> As Mrs. Vunk orgasms, <laughs> and she's so enraptured in the passionate throes of her orgasm, she pulls off the tablecloth, revealing Russell and Fred under the table. Druton, he actually gets tripped up. He, I love also that it's a, it's, it is a glass, it's a glass table. It's a glass table. Uh, the next morning on campus, the drill sergeant first class marches the two airheads, come on, you fast food freaks, into two full-size sweat pickles uh, to pay for their sweat crimes. Sweat pickles. Smacking them with a spatula all along the way. <laughs> sweat pickles. Once in the sweat pickles, these are just these goofy-looking... <laughs> They're these huge, these huge, the, these huge pickles with arms and legs. It's the same one that you see through the drive-through, but this is like the, the the pickle mascot. I'm just thinking of like all the hot boxes from like all the prison movies, the Vietnam torture chambers. It's the same concept, this is but with just these, like that, except for these comical fucking pickles. And guess what? He activates the torture sauce option, and the boys get squirted from above. While they're getting sensory tortured with the America's Clockwork Orange style. There's these speakers on each ear, and it's doing the Buster Burger theme music <laughs> as they're getting squirted with torture sauce. Hey, it's a small price to pay for you, if you ask me. I mean, Mrs. Vunk, huh? Um, but we've had the sound effect twice now at the, the Lyman uh, 9000 and now in the Sweat Pickles. I wish I could go to Burger Buster University. <laughs> I know you do. Across campus, Dr. Mole is showing Lyman Vunk his latest experiment. He has injected the nerdy Herb Zipser with a bunch of chicken cum and basically turned the kid into a human chicken. He's balking and everything. But this deranged form of science is necessary, he says, if they're going to be breaking into the fried chicken market. And as beakers explode in the background, it's like a Dr. Frankenstein lab, but it looks good. It's like it's lightning in the background and just all these explosions. Uh, It's a really cool set piece. It's made clear that Mr. Vunk is all on board with Dr. Mole's crazy experiments. Whatever it takes. He really really wants to get into the fried chicken market. Whatever it takes. (laughs) Love that guy. (laughs) Well, boys, I think we've got, uh, barring any late-minute surprises, I think we got the cigar figured out. Um, dark chocolate, perhaps a enveloping marshmallow cloud in the back of the palates with a really nice Nicaraguan earth. I got a little jalapeno pepper in the nose. You guys, not so much. We all got the leather aroma coming off the cigar, a really great aroma off the wrapper itself before. Uh, why don't we do price point? Twelve fifty. Mr. Tut. He just jumped right in there. I like it. I was surprised at how dry, dry it is. The flavors are. I mean, it's just a. I'm not getting that dryness. It's interesting. I'm not getting that dryness. I go ten. Ten. Around nine bucks. Oh, not bad. Not bad. You can even get it for a little bit less. Tell you what, you head over to Famous Smoke Shop. Not bad. Use promo code TNCC20. And you get twenty bucks off a hundred. The more you buy, you know. Uh, I think I, I got these in five packs, so they're about eight something, uh, eight sixty five a piece. I believe I broke it down to. Um, use that promo code; it's the best one out there. But yeah, I, man, I'm still going on. We've been smoking now about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, not a ton of complexity. See, um, I actually think it, I, I, for some reason, I think of the opposite. I think it's very complex cigar. You haven't been able to name any flavors. Because it's so well blended. And like I said, it's the fact that I can taste it on all points of my palate and then through Retro Hell as well. I think that means it's very complex. When I it's extremely balanced both on the palate oh, no, and no, no. retro. Hell. Extremely well balanced. Uh, that is a wonderful term for the cigar. It's extremely well balanced on the front of the palate and the back of the palate with the retro hail. Uh, yes. To me, that means complex. To me, when I think complexity, I tend to categorize that as a myriad of discernible flavors coming yeah. and going. You know, I'm getting this in the first third, then, ooh, didn't see this curveball coming, and then this comes back. Uh, you know, blenders purposefully right. weaving flavors in and out, and those flavors, you know, I'm picking up on them. And um, hmm. not that every cigar needs that, but that, that's kind of when I right. look, when I think of complexity, that's where I'm getting at. Um, for me, this is fair, a fairly three-note cigar. Uh, you know, chocolate, earth, and that... Whatever it is that we're all having kind of a little trouble with, but we're all enjoying yeah. it on the back end. Um, so to me, I, I wouldn't categorize this, as, from my definition, as a complex cigar, but I would describe it as a highly enjoyable, tasty fucking cigar. Yeah, and that's a good price point. Great construction. It's it's a very good price point for this. I don't want to say Crown Heads usually. Sticks in there uh, at a decent price point. I, th- I think they they're one of the ones who manage to keep you know cost down and uh, you know I, I don't think they put out a lot of super pricey. Do you remember what those um, Buckeye lands? They weren't uh, that expensive, they were, and that's like a limited yeah. Ohio only you know limited release. Um, so I you know I don't think they put out a lot of yeah really expensive sticks. Uh, yeah, I'll smoke this again. Perhaps with a space cake mm. next time. Uh, three thumbs up? Definitely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you do get anything else in the last little portion of that, let me know. Uh, to get back to the movie, later on in the chapel of the Immaculate Restroom. Burgalooya! 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 This is where they come to worship every Sunday. An exhausted Russell, still wiped out from going down on Mrs. Monk the night before. Oh, I guess in the sweat pickle, too. Well, That's, yeah, that's going to take it out of you. And Fred, uh, I'm sorry, Fred was the one that went down on Mrs. Monk. Uh, they're both exhausted. They join the worshipers at Sunday Mass. The church sermon is, of course, led by Mr. Monk as he reads to them from the Book of Munchies, chapter 12, verse 15. <laughs> To burgers and fries, we dedicate our lives. There's even a Last Supper painting hanging in the background with Bunk sitting in the Jesus seat. Everybody's eating burgers. <laughs> Let me get that on the wall here. That, <laughs> no. 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 You got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got enough things. What if I get the Rev to okay it? Okay, if the Rev okays it, then... All right. Well, the boys sit behind Mia and Mrs. Bunk, and the founder's wife holds up her hymnal and writes for Fred to meet her behind the library in a little bit. And Mia is giggling right along with her. She's that is so bizarre. She's so into her stepmom cheating on her real dad. Dad. 
he seems like a nice old guy. Like, he kind of does. Wish, well, crazy because he, was, he my dad. apparently had his own <laughs> burger Bible made. <laughs> and his burger Last Supper portrait <laughs> behind him. Oh, man. As he's preaching his maybe there's some issues. Maybe there's some issues there. I guess if she's like she's like what mid twenties at this point. I think so. If she's been coming to the chapel of the Immaculate Restroom for twenty five years, she's probably got some issues. Well, my question is, if they have this church there on campus, do they also have other burger churches throughout the throughout the country? No, this is this is no. This you is have a, to you have to make a. Me- it's a pilgrimage. This is a very. This is five thousand. This, this sacred, is the burger mecca. This is the burger mecca. This is mecca. five thousand sacred acres. Like this is this is and this is why they don't let outsiders in. Outsiders right. would judge. Yeah. You got a burger church? That's crazy. You like, don't know. It'd be like Jack do. in the Box having a church with that Jack head <laughs> preaching. <laughs> you think that goes on? You know they do. You know they do, right? Well. The church choir is singing a heavenly tune about sizzling burgers as Druton looks on in anger as Russell plays with Mia's hair in front of him. Prestopopnik... Got it right? Got it right. Prestopopnik feels the urge to eat some fruit out of Conchita's fancy headdress she's wearing to church. She's like... She's got like a whole thing of bananas up there, a whole thing of grapes. She is every... South American stereotype you can do. Uh, So he goes for some grapes, and he stops himself, and he hooks himself up to his shocker. Magneto Jones makes the mistake of like, hey, man, you okay? And he grabs him, and he starts starts shaking. Oh, man. Oh, and during the service, Herb Zipser is over there clucking like a chicken. He's sitting next to his new best friend, mad scientist, Dr. Mole. Who then just slaps him. I'm telling you folks, I said it earlier, this crew of characters is the best you'll find in an 80s TNA comedy, hands down. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, I know you guys won't agree. To me, they are a better crew and better cast of wacky characters than Revenge of the Nerds. There, I said it. No. But close. Very close. Better... Alright, so I'm going to contradict myself. Better actors, better scene writing in terms of being able to get little vignettes with each character in there and having the most delivered in those vignettes. Just think about the first Revenge of the Nerds. Poindexter really didn't do any. He was always just around. And the the you know the Asian yeah, guy but, had his little moment. But there's a chemistry that and maybe it's just preference. You felt a brotherhood kind of more bonding in Revenge of the Nerds right. with these guys. Right. But I just... But I the just, actors, like I said, the actors and the directing and the script of Hamburger is superior to Revenge of the Nerds. Thank you. Yeah. It's a funnier movie. It is. No. It is a funnier movie. No. There's, lot, there. there's way more laugh out loud jokes. Not going The there, only man. we got in Revenge of the Nerds is when the basketball went in the chili. We got one of those. And of course, we had booger. You, you can eat that. <laughs> but no, I, and, and we and you know what, booger emerges from that as you know, kind of your hero. And like, we don't have that. Like, I'm not going to be like, I want to live my life like Fred Domino. <laughs> yeah, we. I kind of, booger. I honestly think without you take booger out of Revenge of the Nerds, you're saying this is a better movie. No. No. Okay. I. I just love this movie so much. 
There was it's a, a fun so- movie. There was a social commentary going on with Revenge of the Nerds that I thought gives it a little bit more gravitas. Well, that's the thing. The they went, picture. Nerds went for gravitas, especially there at the end. This movie, they kept gravitas yeah, away the, with that spatula, that waving spatula. it away. Who are Kruger you? Kruger was there with the spatula. Gravitas and deeper meaning. Get out of here. Get in the pickle. You slime bucket. <laughs> you <laughs> stupid crap. Who are you? Moral compass. Get in the sweat pickle. As Fred, <laughs> as Fred heads out the dorm room later that day to meet Mrs. Vunk, uh, Conchita from Guacamole barges into the room. Uzi first. She brought her Uzi uh, and demands. And she probably robbed one of the guards. <laughs> Give me your Uzi. And demands that Russell deliver her seven orgasms, or she'll cry rape. Yikes. But he cleverly gets out from under her tight, naked body by saying that what he really wants is your brother. Those hard muscles from freedom fighting all this. He has this little, really stereotyped gay voice he puts on. But hey, it works. She's disgusted, calling him a fruitcake. I came to this country to... call me names already. (laughs) I came to this country to find a real man. You're a fruitcake. Oh, shut up, bitch, he says. Like, it's like <laughs> bitch. Bitch. <laughs> but hey, still no sex for Russell. I'm proud of him. And I remember when I watched this movie just thinking, like, You idiot. Are you insane? I'd fathered a dozen freedom fighting babies. <laughs> uh, of course, I, you know, I was, what, eight? Doesn't uh, she, like, break into his... R- I mean, she comes into the room and she's naked. Yeah, she literally knocks on the door, and then when he the opens thong it... and nothing else. She comes in a thong and an Uzi. She's taking off the fruit basket off her head. <laughs> oh, she should have uh, left that on. She should have left that on. <laughs> he could have been like, leave me one of those bananas. You fruitcake. Uh, it was a different time back then. You were allowed to say faggot and fruitcake and stuff. and You could never do that now. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do it now. I'm sure Dick Buckus would still do it now. <laughs> well, you go tell him he's wrong. <laughs> you go tell him not to say it. Uh, so she storms out in just her panties, but Russell's pledge of abstinence remains intact. Uh, well, meanwhile, behind the library, Fred and Mrs. Vunk are getting in, getting on in a helicopter. There's just this random helicopter sitting there. Oh, Simon, or uh, Lyman, Lyman bought it for me. Nobody ever uses it. Uh, it's kind of like my to, Melania Trump voice. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what voice you're going there, but... Uh. Uh, hey, man, I've had some baked goods, all right? <laughs> so they get in this helicopter, immediately start peeling each other's clothes off, and in doing so, they inadvertently turn on the helicopter. Uh, as Fred buries his face in Mrs. Vunk's impressive knockers... Yeah, actually, they were impressive. They were quite impressive. Magneto Jones still oh, handcuffed. Way, I, mean, I have to stop. Have we seen her anywhere before? Um, no. I haven't. Uh, her and uh, Mia both really didn't do much. They they did a lot of the the late night B movie stuff. Uh, Mia, I mean, one in. Ended up in one of my favorite films, uh, Malibu Bikini Shop. How so. have we not done that on the show? Oh. <laughs> it's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> I for some reason I keep thinking that I've seen. Oh, no, I'm not saying that you haven't. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those where I mean uh, the majority of the films they did. I mean it was 
uh, she didn't uh, do anything really out of you know out of the eighties. I mean, she stopped acting altogether. Yeah. So, that wouldn't that be funny though? Like, yeah, she was in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> she played FBI agent Davis. No, of course not. She's never done anything. She's just a terrible actress. Uh, she was good in this. She did some of uh, the the B grade horror flicks, stuff like mm, that. I think she was in a couple episodes of uh, Love, Love Boat. Yeah. She played the dinghy. <laughs> no, she's great. She's great. Um, well, Magneto Jones runs out to the helicopter, still in shackles. Uh, again, they just never take him off of him. He has a gig performing that night, and he sees the the chopper as his his escape plan. Well, Mrs. Vunk reaches down, and I think she thinks she's pulling on Fred's ding dong, but she yanks it up on the throttle. Correct throttle. Is yes. it the throttle of the helicopter? No, that does the. Uh, I don't know. It's a sender. It makes you ascend up in yes. the air. Yes. The ascender. The ascender rod. The uplifter. The ascender rod. The uplifter rod. Uh, well, she reaches down in his crotch and she accidentally li- lifts them up, and they're airborne all of a sudden. That helicopter, just like that, it's that easy to get an helicopter in the air. Um, and the chopper starts soaring wildly above the Busterburger campus. I loved how the score here was like this action kind of score, like kind of fast paced, just musical. But they worked in the Busterburger theme song. Did you hear that? <laughs> like just the little notes of it, just here and there, they just sprinkle it in. Oh my god, it's awesome. Uh, they are just swirling. I mean, they're going over the campus. People are, like, taking cover. They're just all over the place. Um, finally, fortunately, they're able to bring the Whirlybird uh, down. But, unfortunately, it's brought down right on top of Druton's prized possession, his brand-new Ford Mustang. Uh, they just showed him hand-polishing it. How'd you like your first oil change, baby? And then, just then, the helicopter... <laughs> Splats right up. They should have used that sound. Uh, I love that he talks to his car. And more sensitively than he talks to Mia. Back in the quad. Yes. Russell's studying up when Mia takes a seat next to him. He tells her how he never really thought about how the collective conscious applies to burgers until now. And he's totally straight-faced about this. He's really... Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's into this big time. And she's very impressed. He says he understands now why he's so comfortable eating a trusted Buster Burger as opposed to a falafel filled with sprouts by some health nut weirdo. And boom, now they're really bonding. Mia agrees to help him with the oral part of his final exams. Hey, now. Uh, but she warns him that after that, Druden's going to do everything he can to sink him. But until then, they might as well make out. So they start kissing, and Druton's over there with a spatula behind the bushes and driving them crazy. While Russell and Mia are flirting and making out ad nauseum, Herb Visper is getting the Silkwood treatment. He's getting hot showered, like you spray down radioactive people, by these two overweight old ladies in swimsuits. And it's so shocking to him that he lays an egg. That was just a weird scene, right? It was a really <laughs> weird scene. Who were those two? Those two old ladies look like we they don't were know. like the, Remember that scene in Blue Velvet where Dennis Hopper shows up and there's oh, like yeah. all the ladies dressed in 50s clothes just <laughs> drinking Colt 45? <laughs> I don't, wasn't sure where they were going with it, but then you're like, well, it really makes sense. 
<laughs> it, it further along Zipser's chicken persona. I didn't get this at all. I just was. I didn't. I, honestly, I've seen this movie. I thought I didn't remember the two old ladies in bikinis spraying down Zipser to where he laid a chicken egg. I, I that scene escaped me somehow. Um, Oddly enough, when I saw this scene, it did bring back memories. Really, of you that. remember that yeah. scene? But that's yeah. what they have to do to get him cleansed to go back into Doctor Mole's secret lab. What a weird fucking scene. Uh, you know who hasn't laid an egg anytime recently, boys? Who's that? Dirty Fabian with Drew State. And if I'm talking about unconventional Fabian not laying eggs, and what might be the strangest segue I've ever done on the show here. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to hear about it. Then you know I'm talking about the unconventional tobacco special cigars. Brought to you from the folks who created Sweet Jane, La Vieja Habana, and much, much more. Uh, available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelope a envelope. That marshmallow flavor enveloped our palate. Sure. A they envelope a Sumatra binder and a Nicaraguan criollo criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper you choose. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and just a little bit of sweetness. A perfect early morning smoke, and if you don't believe me, pour yourself a cup of joe, step outside, and see for yourself. Do it. That sounds good, doesn't it? It, it actually it actually really does. Get up in the morning. Get yourself a tobacco cigar, a cup of coffee, a big-ass cheeseburger, and just watch the sunrise. That sounds like heaven, boys. I was about to say, you, you've got, like, donkeys that you can, like, look at. Yeah, if I go out in the back, I, I can I can watch the donkeys come in. I think they're so badass with their big dongs. I don't need that kind of negativity in the morning. I don't I'm look just saying, that's, like, very peaceful. you got to... Beautiful Texas sunrise. Yeah, it is. It's you got the mist kind of clinging over the pasture back there. Have you been hanging out in my backyard? How do you know all this? Maybe. Uh, yeah, it is. It is very... Um, I, I, I Light up that tobacco with some coffee. I don't get to uh, enjoy those... The, the morning we just described. I was about it to doesn't say, happen, you, doesn't happen that, a lot for get me. Get that love buzz, that, bre- that oh, red broad. Oh, yeah. Man, ugh. Uh man, over here like Miss Vunk or whatever. At the <laughs> sweating, <laughs> break your cigar in half. <laughs> Get this man some Szechuan chicken balls. Uh, you guys a fan of Szechuan chicken balls? I have actually had those. I haven't had. I haven't. Had. I haven't had the four well hung young boys or whatever. But <laughs> I don't think anyone has. <laughs> Maybe your brother. Huh? Uh. Over under on me getting tossed out of the Chinese restaurant when I ordered the <laughs> four well hung young well boys. Hung boys. <laughs> Let me get a platter of four well hung young boys. You guys, are we sharing? Are we, are we doing this? <laughs> uh, it was the eighties. You can make jokes like that. True, very true. Not now. Not now. Can't make jokes about that. You can't call people fruitcakes. Yeah, you can still call them fruitcakes. Can you? you? Well, you can't call gay people fruitcakes. Being called, I call you guys fruitcakes. No. Yeah. yeah. Especially you. You eat fruitcake. I love fruitcake. If you, you mean fruitcake fruit just as in batty and crazy. Yeah. That's, you can you guys are that. a couple fruitcakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
For some reason, I just get the guy from, uh, uh, what was it, Color of Night? The detective? <laughs> Listen, you fruitcakes. Listen, you fruitcakes. <laughs> oh. Every time you say that, I just, blades. I just hear his voice doing it. You fruitcakes were up late last night bending fenders. <laughs> what did he does call them some real derogatory yeah. terms. Because they're all like mental patients. Listen, you ding-dongs. You got the fruit cakes in there? <laughs> you got the ding-dongs and the fruit cakes? These guys are batshit crazy. <laughs> I, th- I think we get in trouble for that voice we just did. No, Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know anymore. It's, I, I, I just can't. That's why, we're, that's why we've been doing so good lately. We've been doing new movies where they don't <laughs> un- offend anybody. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh well, remarkably, all of our crew, Magneto Jones, the clucking uh, Herb Zipser, Fred Domino, and Russell, they all pass their oral exams with flying colors, which leaves only one final test. For eight hours, they will be handed the reins to an actual Buster Burger franchise and be expected to run it from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And at some point, Druton and Dean Vunk make a surprise visit to judge how they're doing based on profits and cleanliness. Sounds Dr- legit. Uh, Druton makes Russell the store manager, and he kind of chuckles. May God have mercy on your souls. He's up to. He's not going to make this easy. On oh no. no, 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 no! He's got some tricks up his sleeve. He's going to get that spatula going. Things start off smoothly enough with the with uh, Presta Popnik. Uh, I think yes, so. that is correct. And the Zipser working the register under Russell's watchful eye. Things are going pretty calm. People are lined up getting their food. Josie on the sign, an order of refried spleens only cost a dollar nineteen, and a side order of cow catchers baked in longhorn batter, with an order of meadow muffins only ran you forty nine cents. God, the eighties, man, those prices. How much you pay for meadow muffins now? Plus, <laughs> what, what, what are these? I'm pretty sure meadow muffins is a is a is a. Is a what? And what they call the cow shit? Yes. Metal muffins. So I don't know what the hell. But 49 cents, that still seems like a pretty good deal. Actually, I've never heard cow shit described as metal muffins. I just, I, I had neither. I just, awesome. I just kinda, oh, no, that, I've always heard that. I had, I just kind of, <laughs> I, I figured that's, that's actually, what it was, yeah. It's actually pretty cool. That's what those donkeys with their big dicks are doing out there, dropping metal muffins all over the place. You have some issues. That's why I drink my coffee inside now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I just thought the prices were surprising. Uh, Magneto Jones, Sister Sarah the Nun, and Fred Domino seem to be on top of shit serving up the orders. They're pulling in food from the back. Everything is going swimmingly. And when a little girl comes up to the counter and tries to run off with some Buster Burger cookies, they all turn at the same time and respond accordingly. Put those cookies back, motherfucker. <laughs> They've learned. Uh, they got this, right? That's right. Wrong. Druton has called in an eating club full of fat dudes and even fatter chicks, and shit is about to get real. <laughs> this is horrible. A wide... They couldn't even come in a bus. They had to come in a trolley car. <laughs> a wide load trolley pulls up out front. It literally says wide load on the back. And we see two dozen pairs of cankles pour out of the trolley, and they are attached to some hungry-ass motherfuckers, man. Oh, my God. These fat fuckers, I guess they're ringers. This is who Drew brings <laughs> yeah, in. These the fat 
ass ringers. The minute they're in the restaurant, they start eating off everyone's trays like that are already customers. Before they reach the counter, they're shoving shit in their face. When they reach the counter, oh boy, these rotund assholes are literally squealing like pigs. No, it's literally like pig sounds. They're, they're, there's pig sounds. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's horrible, man. Oh, it offends fat people? Yes. It's super offensive. Funny. But, Revenge of the Nerds, the Omega Moose. That was offensive, too. Oh, okay. Right, fir- at least you're consistent. But the, the first guy to order... Where did I see this dude? I know I recognized him. He did have a very familiar baby face. Something we've done on the show? Press to Popnik? Oh, he's the other guy from Roadhouse. He's the bouncer. Yeah. The bouncer. He's the big bouncer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good Good, good eye. Good catch, eye. Yaks. That's he's the is, good guy. He's, yeah, he's yeah, the, yeah. The, the this, good is, this is one of those movies where you know if you're not paying attention, there's so many faces. Yeah, that you're just like, <gasps> well, it's hard to see any faces with their giant asses everywhere. <laughs> uh, is he still alive? Yes. Oh, I think. Um, where was I? Oh, yes, the rotund assholes are squealing like pigs as they order insane amounts of Buster Burgers, and while they wait, they then continue eating all the other customers' food. They're well, insatiable. No, but I, what I love here is, is is they start ordering, there's two... The guy from Roadhouse orders they're, like 40 burgers. He's like, he's like you know... And the, the two girls, they're, they're twins, yeah. and they order this insane amount of food. Oh! And a Diet Coke. <laughs> and I love and the fact that... Popnik, Diet! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's bad when Presta Popnik questions your your, your choices. Uh, I, I, I did think that was funny. I, but am I the only one that actually does that? No. That's the reason why it's funny. A lot of people, they're like... Hey, every little bit helps with calories. Give me that 4,000 calorie <laughs> burger. I want 60 burgers and a Diet Coke. Pulling to Sonic. I'll take two <laughs> extra long uh, chili cheese conies. Give me a uh, order of mozzarella sticks, uh, some bowl chips, a couple meadow muffins, and a Route 44 Diet Coke, please. I'm sitting here. You, you tub of crap. What'd you say to me? <laughs> <laughs> I look in the window, donkey ducks his head down there. Tim! <laughs> I got your extra long cheese conies. Damn you! I also uh, like the fact in this eating club... They're all just extremely overweight, and except for like one, they're 60, fat, dude. Except you can one, say it. One seventy pound. I'm not gonna say. It. There's one seventy pound dude who's like just like pencil thin. Oh, you think he had like a, a fetish for those fat sisters? Uh, probably. A lot, of skinny, Maybe. a lot of skinny guys dig fat chicks. There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing at all. Whatever uh, you like, man. Well, to make matters worse, Druden has hacked into the drive-thru's intercom, and when an African-American motorcycle cop pulls up, he tells him, Skate, pig! We don't serve skidmark freeway smoking donut munchers here. Oh my god, dude. This doesn't go over well with the police officer, obviously, so he demands to speak with the manager, to which Druden responds, Hey, Kuta Kinta, your check's waiting at the welfare office. Move along. That can't end good. Oh, no. 
No. The cop says he ain't taking this shit from a talking pickle, and he speeds off. A lot of people have problems with that pickle. You think Dick Buckus reading that script even thought twice about saying this shit? I don't think that was a I script. Was gonna, I, I was going to say that. You need to say something offensive to the guy. Leave well, it no, to me. No, no, I'm just wondering because, I mean, obviously. I've, I got it. I've never, I played in the NFL. I've never heard a story bad about Dick Buckus as far I, as like. I haven't either. But I'm just wondering if because he'd never done a movie before, like, all right, I got paid. I say these lines. Like, do you think it, like, ever turned to the director, Mike Marvin, was like, I can't say this shit. I'm just hoping he didn't turn to the director and say, uh, I've got some notes on this thing. <laughs> you ever see Roots? Watched it last night. I got some new stuff to work in. <laughs> I just I just wonder if he like, ever has, like, dude, you you have this legendary career. You have established yourself. Like, Do you think if you made this movie today and you asked, like... But he was in a couple of different things. Like, all right. uh, He was in uh, the, the Blue Thunder TV show. He was yes, in the Blue Thunder the movie, TV he was show. In that. Uh, there was a couple of other things that I've I seen. I think this him was in. his first thing, though. I think so, and so yeah. I'm like, maybe he was just so. All right, this is what you I'm a do. Team player, I'm, I'm going to say the director wants me to do this. It's like the coach telling me to do this. I want to do I'm this. I'm just saying, if you like nowadays, if you try to make this movie and you brought in like, well, first of let, all, let's go. Let's go to stay with the Chicago Bears with Brian Urlacher. Yeah, and he's playing Drew, and you're like, all right, you're going to say Kunta Kinte. Well, like, first of all, you can't you can't say this shit now. <laughs> Of course not. But do you think he would like back then? Back then, I mean, you're not that far removed. You're only like ten or so years removed from Blazing Saddles, so no. that's an era that you know is all you know all holds bar or no holds barred. Uh, you know, even maybe Buckus was just like, you know what, this guy is the ultimate asshole. I'm just gonna relish in it and just make him the biggest asshole he can be. Yeah. And he, and he, and he did a great job. Oh, no. I mean, think back to like Jackie Gleason. I mean, some of the shit he says in the toy and Smokey and the Bandit. I mean, that's all racial tinged. Um, yeah, I guess it's just it's it's funny how far we've come. I mean, it's great how far we've come, but yeah, I just, this was never in a million years. Uh, hey, Tom Brady, here's your lines. I definitely don't want to be like. Uh, yes, I wish I could go back and hearken the times where you could call black police officers Kunta Kinte. No, I'm not. I think, I think the TNCC is, is, is all about progress. Yes. Pro, pro progress. Uh, on that, in that regard. I still wish hamburgers just had fucking meat and cheese on them and not avocados, but I'll bow down to the tuts of the world who like to stand in line. How long did you stand in line for that burger? I was only about 25, 30 minutes. 30 minutes? You tub of crap. It's Austin, man. It's what, Austin. What burger did you get? I don't even remember. It's not that good. Because <laughs> it had avocado on it. Could have been in and out of Whataburger just like that. Well, first of all, Whataburger is pretty damn good. You know why? For the most part, it's a basic burger. Right. We can get a little crazy with the Monterey melts or the you know their special burgers, but... For the most part, it's just meat, cheese, and some. But toppings. I will say, if you go to one of these burger, Smokehouse burger, if you go into one of these Onion burger, uh, yeah. if you want to go, if you want to go to one of these burger art houses like Phil's, Phil's in uh, Austin, they have like all your fancy burgers. But then they also have uh, the classic. It's either the Brookdale or the Allendale. I can't really remember. Which is basically like your your classic bacon. Uh, the Allendale. Yeah. Well, it's a neighborhood in Austin. 
It's basically it's basically your basic uh, bacon lettuce tomato burger. That's so damn good. It's one of the best burgers I've ever had. Should I start holding my pinky out when I drink my beer? Apparently. You slime bucket. No. I still enjoy me my Whataburger. I'm convinced in Whataburger, when I order my ketchup and mayo, no mustard, I'm getting this. (laughs) You are. That's the way I want it. (laughs) You are. Eh, Maybe not in Whataburger. No, Whataburger's not using laser beams. They got your fancy ketchup, you know. Fancy food ketchup. (laughs) It actually does does say fancy ketchup. And your fancy spicy food ketchup. Well, back inside, our heroes come up with the bright idea, they got to get these fatzos out of there, to fill a bunch of complimentary milkshakes with laxative. Which happened to be in the first aid kit, and it was in a gallon jug. I found this laxative in the first aid kit. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, how big was the first aid kit? Did... Hey, you know Buster University. They cover all this stuff. They, they know they, it. They learned this. We didn't see it, but they learned this in class. This is science. Uh, and suddenly, all the porkers that Druten sent in are farting their fat fucking asses off. <laughs> it's making the same sound as the damn mustard and ketchup. Uh, oh, I understand why you love this movie so much. <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, maybe not so brilliant. The the fatties barge into the bathroom to to poop, and the only stall is occupied by an Asian tourist. Oh, here we get another great okay. stereotype. Who's taking a crap on the john wearing all these cameras? Because you know that's what Asian tourists that's do. They, what Asian so, too. so as they're all farting in the small bathroom, he starts. He reaches out to take pictures of them, and the flash from his camera I'm sorry, when one interacts of the, with the gas. When one of the Moo twins is like, no flash, no flash, I, 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 I kind of lost it here. Dude, the interaction of the Asian tourist flash with all the gas in the room, it blows the entire side Classic of the rest of the It was a great styrofoam wall. <laughs> blows out the side. Oh. It was a great looking explosion, man. Uh, and it's, it's so well timed, man. The editor on this—that's the one thing I gotta give credit on this movie. The editor and the timing and the flow of this movie, from all the dialogue, from scene cuts, it moves. It just moves and it flows. It is a tight just, ninety minutes, man. Yeah, it's nice. Agreed. Well, half the restaurant's blown off now, but at least it gets the army of. Uh, you know the the eaters club to leave. So you were, were going to say fatzos. I was. <laughs> Stop myself, and then you ruined it for me. I was trying to be a better person. The army of fatzos gets out of there, and it's a win, right? They won. Yay! Wrong. As a bunch of bikers that Druten paid off descend on the Buster Burger. When they ride their motorcycles into the restaurant and demand burgers, there's there's none left. The fatso's ate them all. Fred tries to utilize his education. Hey, pal, he says to the biker, we reserve the right to refuse service to assholes like you. Everybody else like, no. Fred, no. Only the bikers don't give a shit, and they start demolishing the place with with sledgehammers. They just, I mean, tables, chairs, they just start going crazy. It's worth a shot. Fred had to try it, right? <laughs> uh, as the place is destroyed, they, speaking of Fred Domino, they throw him through a window. Uh, the cops show up, but remember, the motorcycle cop didn't have a very pleasant experience at the drive-thru earlier, <laughs> so the cops start joining in with the bikers, trashing the place. 
Druton's watching all the chaos from across the street in his crushed Mustang. Crushed Mustang. <laughs> it's now a convertible. Uh, he's spinning this bachelor around. He's loving it. Oh, and get this. When he sees an oncoming chicken truck driven by a couple of Mexicans, let's party, essay. <laughs> Something like that. No, oh, you want to play chicken? <laughs> I'll uh, give you chicken. I was like, what's this? He, he takes off, spins his Mustang around, and starts driving straight towards the, the, the chicken truck. The Mexican dudes freak out, swing the wheel, and then sending their truck soaring straight into the front of the Buster Burger franchise, completely demolishing the restaurant, feathers and chickens flying everywhere. It's a lot of budget. and I mean, they, yeah. they wrecked the shit out of this place. That's the one thing. Uh, this movie did not lack on budget, and they spent it wisely. They sure did. Uh, despite Fred saying rather accurately, this place now looks like Buster Burger Beirut. Uh, boy, that was an ongoing 80s reference, isn't it? Whenever someone's crazy, they throw the Beirut, Beirut out there. Yeah. Uh, Russell is not deterred. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you, you know, right after this, you know, then everything sort of breaks up. And, you know, the the lead uh, cop, you know, he says, like, you know, he basically calls an end to the whole thing. Like, enough! Yeah. This place is, like, wasted. But right then I saw that guy and I was like, damn it, this is one of those movies where it's like literally you see someone and I was like, this the, guy. The, the African American guy? Yeah. Who is he? He is a stuntman. And then back in the 80s and everything, he did everything. TV shows, I mean, Fall Guy, you name it. But I remember him distinctly from Action Jackson. Who was he in Action Jackson? If you remember the. Uh, uh, the group of killers that uh, what's his face employed that he sent out to like kill all of his oh yeah he was the guy in that group I, d- I, I don't I don't recall him but I remember the guy had a recognizable face because it was one of those faces where I was like I know I've seen this dude somewhere before Oh, he was he he's been in everything. Yeah. I mean, just stunt, you know. He was good. I liked his little interaction at the drive thru. Like he was uh all right. That's one of the things that's always impressed me about you too, is like you go, Oh, this guy? Yeah, he was a stuntman back in blah 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 blah. Uh well especially at this point in the evening when we can recognize anybody, that's always a good sign. Uh we are professional podcasters. Somehow, some way, still managed to do it. I gotta be honest. I'm you. You're well into your second. I'm still puffing away on this, man. This is, this is a long, slow burning cigar in the final third. Uh, well, again, despite Fred looking around and just completely just heartbroken at the state of the restaurant, Russell is not deterred. When I look around this Buster franchise, I see a Buster future that didn't even know it had a Buster past. You might see a hole in the wall, but I see a brand new spanking Buster sidewalk cafe. You might see dead chickens everywhere, but I see a whole new line of Buster chicken sandwiches at two ninety-eight each. You might have seen two guys stumble out of here in dire need of medical attention, but I see two guys who, when they come back, they're going to be Buster hungry. So let's get our Buster butts cleaning this place up so we can get back in Buster business. Yeah! 
dude, this is the first time in his life he's ever fired up, believed in something. Holy shit, man! Way to go, Russell. He's Buster inspired. But uh oh, just then Lyman Vunk and the Vunk Girls show up in his stretch limo. Again, big horns on the front. Just the caricature of a limo. It just keeps going and going and going. It does. Kind of like that donkey penis out there. Oh my goodness. That one's not going away anytime soon. Um. <laughs> well, they walk into the restaurant, and Lyman Vunk is in obvious and understandable shock at the state of this place. But before he can speak, suddenly Sister Sarah, the nun, pulls a whole chicken. When that chicken truck went in, crashed in, one of the chickens flew through the air right into the fryer. She pulls out the chicken out of the fryer and says... It's tasty, by God! And that's all Lyman Vunk needs to hear. He's been looking for a slogan for his fried chicken launch, and now he has it. He'll put her face on the billboards all around the country, call her the frying nun. It can't lose! Give them all A's, he tells Druton. I just love it. His his shock. What? What did you say? (laughs) What did you say? Hey, she said earlier in the film, God brought her here for a purpose. Maybe it was to help Russell and all the others achieve their maximum potential. God it. works in mysterious ways. Lyman should have just taken a trip to West Texas where they finish almost every sentence by God. Need a lot of fried chicken. Clearly, well, this wasn't there. This was in Colorado. By God. This was in Colorado. Well, they get enough Texans coming up there for the summers. By God. By God. By God. <laughs> this drives... I got it. I'm good. This drives Druton nuts, obviously. Give everybody A's. But Lyman Vunk suddenly agrees to promote Druton to the executive board of Buster Burger for mentoring these young students... And just as Druden is about to seal this monumental occasion by proposing to Mia, he's like, this is the, the only one thing can make this better, me join the family. Prestopopnik removes his shock treatment thingy from his finger, and they pass it around and clamp it on Druden's balls, which, when activated, causes him to start shaking crazy, grabs a milkshake, and splatters it all over Lyman Vunk's face. And immediately, dude, he may be a nice old man, very successful nice old man, but public humiliation? No, mm-hmm. he's no not way. putting up with that. He totally demotes Druton on the spot to a mere pickle picker. Yes, our heroes win! And they work together to win. Just like the nerds on the stage singing their song, these guys pulled together, they passed around that little shocker, hooked it up to his nuts, and boom! I think Lyman was a little harsh. I was waiting for the Burgerlujas to start up in the background. <laughs> Burgerlujah! <laughs> um, oh, we're going to get a song in a minute. Um, you thought that was harsh? Yeah. yeah Devoting all the way down to Pickle Picker. But considering what Druton did to this franchise, he destroyed it with bikers and... Yeah. He, the Kunta Kinta thing? That didn't... Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll... I'll I'll, t- I'll retract my... Uh, How about with side on the side of karma here? <laughs> Let's assume Vunk knew more than he, he let on. 
Well, we cut to the graduation ceremony at Buster Burger U as Druden picks up trash nearby. He's not a pickle picker. He's a trash picker upper. Just mumbling and grumbling. Uh, he doesn't have a spatula anymore. He's just got that little sharp thing you pick oh, up trash with. Oh, how the mighty with. have fallen. And he got everything that was coming to him. Also, I gotta oh, say, dude, what so- every time he stabbed trash? You would just absolutely love that. Oh god, that'd be great. What were you gonna say? Was, you know, surprisingly, there also was a lot of trash on campus. Yeah, it was immaculate every time we saw it. Otherwise, now everybody's <laughs> now just dumping it. Just dump- Maybe it's because they all hate Druden for the way they treat him. So now when they finish a thing of bull chips, they just throw their trash on the ground. Throw their fancy ketchup on there. Let Drew- if only we could see that little mustard guy walk by with a cigarette just <laughs> flicking it right in front of him. <laughs> to the ketchup oh, mustard hole. Oh. That would be awesome. God. <laughs> well, now I'm sad because this movie could be better. <laughs> hey, it's Druden. <laughs> Why didn't Bunk put him in a sweat pickle? Ooh, that would have been nice. Maybe Preston Popman could have walked that by. That would have been the ultimate end. Getting burger hungry. Don't, show him, don't show him picking up trash. Show the graduation ceremony and then cut to the sweat pickle with with uh, Druden in there just getting squirted with torture sauce. That's your ending. I hate this movie. Uh, all right. Uh, Lyman Bunk congratulates the students on, in the face of adversity, you brought the chicken product from the drawing board to the marketing face. Is that a marketing term? The marketing face? I think he meant phase. Oh, that's probably what he said, phase. It's tasty, by God. He's, he's, he's already got that catchphrase. He's, he's using it. Hell yeah. Uh, Lyman hands out the first diploma to Russell. And his parents are in the stadium, and they're very proud of him. And Mia Vunk is very proud as Fred Domino gets his... Uh, and Or Mrs. Vunk, and Mia's still okay with that. I, 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 I still don't understand the situation, <laughs> but you know really what? Weird. It's all right. And then all the other graduates get their papers. Magneto Jones finally gets his handcuffs removed after 12 weeks. <laughs> Surprised his hands aren't all shriveled up and dead uh, during the ceremony. And Vunk turns the microphone over to Magneto Jones. This is such a glorious <laughs> ending. He brings up his background singers, the Extremes, to do a rendition of the Buster Burger theme song. And he sings it straight. The music kicks in. America, and he—he's really like putting a, 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 a Motown spin on this thing. America's getting burger hungry, hungry for the burger that makes you full, hungry for the taste of a Buster Junior, hungry for the burger that's full of bull, thick, rich shakes, crispy French fries, a double McBuster will more than satisfy, and everybody's clapping along. I'm. I was clapping along watching it. Were you clapping along yet? I was. Oh my god! It's just awesome. Uh, uh-huh. Did y'all notice at the graduation when it was time, Russell and all the other they graduates put the bull. took their tassel and hung it on the <laughs> other horn. Like you moved over. Dude, they, they hung it on their right horn. I love the fact and they played that, it straight. I love Russell's all proud of it. I love the fact that the director was like, "You guys should probably put your tassels on the other horn." Yeah. They Consistency, never, people. They Consistency. never laugh at their own jokes in this movie. No. They play it so straight. That's what works. 
um, God, this movie leaves nothing out. We then start the Hamburgers in America song again as everyone tosses their graduation caps in the air. Everyone's clapping along to Magneto Jones. Everyone is so damn happy, including yours truly. The end. Thank God. Best movie ever. (laughs) The end, by God. The end, by God. Put that VHS tape back, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, it actually should have been (laughs) it after the credits ended. We did forget to that part because they actually do get to use that line in their franchise because a little girl comes up and takes a little pack of oh, cookies. Oh, we mentioned it, didn't we? No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, a little girl comes in, steals some cookies, and they all spin around in unison. Put those cookies back, motherfucker. I think we did mention that. No, we didn't. I think you guys have had too many baked goods. Mm, I think Maybe you were distracted. haven't had enough baked goods. No. Let's stick around. We got a lot of baked goods still in the freeze in the fridge. Uh, Ty, come on, man! You had to have a blast with this movie. No, a little bit too old, a little bit too cynical. Uh, always with Tut. Jeez, twelve-year-old Tut probably loved it. Can we get him here? <laughs> <laughs> Twelve-year-old Tut was an Dude, asshole. Dude, what is there not to love? Nudity, humor. It, it was a this, good. It was a this good. is one of those when I once again I <laughs> saw this one. I never saw it, you know, in, in theater or anything like that. I don't believe it went to theaters. Up all night. Yeah, I either saw it on Up All Night. It was or on Up All Night. Uh, HBO. Oh, I, I definitely saw it on at a friend's house because I didn't have. Yeah. HBO, but I saw it with nudity, so it wasn't up all I, night. I don't think no, I, no, saw, I saw, the, saw it up all night. That was the first time I ever saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" And once again, it was those scenes where you like, what? I know and then boobs like, there, and then like there's that there's that like <laughs> that bad cut, like yeah. it jumps, like wait, there, there's got to be some boobs in there. <laughs> yeah, no, sure as shit, dude. It's funny. I I just I just went back to little eight year old Cade because every. Conchita's boobs, Doc, oh, yeah. Doctor Godbottom's boobs. Like I, not only did I remember them, like I could have told you what all these naked chicks look like because they're some of the first naked women I'd ever seen. I'm like Cody. I think I saw it on Up All Night because I don't remember the, any of the uh, movie but, stuff. You know, after that, like you know, I think it was like HBO or something. I'm like, you know, I'm like hamburger. Oh my god! And finally, yes, I got to see the <laughs> boobs, and I was I was so fucking happy. For years uh, before the podcast, uh, before we met you, Tut, uh, when I was living in Houston, the doctor lives in Dallas, Cody's right in the middle here uh, in Temple, we would convene, I don't know, once every three months or so at Cody's place, and we would do, uh, the idea was to do a movie marathon. We'd start in the afternoon and watch movies till we just couldn't... See straight. See straight. (laughs) Uh, We'd just get a shitload of beer and... Everyone bring like three movies to the table. We'd watch a Cade flick, then we'd watch a Yak Boy flick, we'd watch a Doctor flick, and we'd try every three months to bring something new that you know we hadn't watched before. And it was kind of a challenge to try to bring something to impress the other guys. And we tried to program it to be like you know you watch like if there was an action flick that you wanted to see there, you'd show that first. Yeah. So like after the pizza at dinner time, <laughs> the last <laughs> six seven hours was nothing but TNA and that's the. But I'm not kidding. Hamburger made its way into that more than any other movie. Oh, yes. And nobody ever complained. The minute, because you wouldn't tell the guy, you'd, you'd put it, the yeah. DVD or the VHS tape, 
because uh, hamburger, as I I looked everywhere, it still only officially exists as a VHS. Yeah. I've got like three of them. I hoard them like my precious. I don't let anybody go near my hamburger VHS tapes. There is a DVD out there. It's a it's been out there forever. It's a bootleg. But hey, man, you only live once. You want to see a fucking movie, and the people that made it won't let you see it. What are you gonna do? Um, but man, that it, brings a very interesting question. Yes. What do you do? What do you do? What did we do? Watch on YouTube. Which in our entire ninety-four episode run, we've never done before. I was so surprised. Because I know your stance on any type of bootleg. That's true. You are just absolutely against it. I have seen you dress down motherfuckers at the pub. Strangers at the pub. When they're talking, oh yeah, I just downloaded it off of the, you know, whatever the stuff. Fire still, yeah, I get everything free. I, I just watch, you know, movies that are in theaters, they're watching it at home. And oh, I, I have seen you. You tub of crap. Pretty much. I have seen you just dress them down. Well, this and is. And so then when, uh,. You were like, all right, this week's movie is Hamburger. It's on YouTube. And I'm like, all right, I'm not that comfortable renting off of YouTube yet. But, you know, all right, I'll, I'll rent it. And then when I clicked on the link, I was like, no, this has got to be a mistake. <laughs> this is this is just a regular, some dude ripped it and put it up there. It's my three-decade rule. This fucker was made 33 years ago? Yeah. If you're not going to let me watch it, for whatever reasons. Yeah. It's 33 years old. <laughs> I want to watch it. I want to talk about it. And you... I, I would, don't understand why it's not available. It, and you know me. If it was on Amazon Prime for $10 rental, I would pay it. Yeah. yeah I would have done... If it was a $30 Blu-ray, I would buy it. That's why I don't understand like whoever owns the so rights. So I'm not going to apologize for watch on YouTube. It's 33 fucking years old, and and it's not like it's, get your act together. It, and it's not like it's so obs- obscure or whatever. I, I want to know at the actors. Look at like we said. Look at the budget and the, and just the overall you know we'll see the cinematography everything. I mean I don't understand work was put into. I it. don't understand why it's not or why they've decided not to make it available. I, I just don't understand why you can't just throw it up there, put a price tag on it, and if somebody watches it, great. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, one of my... Uh, I, I don't know whether it's this has held up over 30 years, but one of my uh, guilty pleasures that I want to see is a movie called Robot Jocks that I have hunted I forever. Oh, yes. I have tried to hunt forever to how to get it and stream it and um, it's on Netflix but it's only available overseas so you have to VPN and then go to like you know pretend you're in Beirut and Uh then stream it from there and I'm just like why won't you guys let this be streamed in America I I just I I don't understand why they're not letting this stuff go you know what man there's probably some more I thought I was pretty hardcore with the piracy thing I'm sure there's probably somebody more hardcore than me that's going to be like, fuck you, Cade. 33 years. <laughs> and I own multiple. I, I mean, I, I could have had you guys all come over to the house and put in my VHS tape. But here's the deal. To do the show, I have to pause it every five 
seconds to make notes. Nobody wants to watch a movie with me like that. There's a there's six a, hours later we're at the end of the movie. You don't want you want to do that. There's an older friend of mine who is like as much as I love music and as much as I have a very broad eclectic taste. There's an older friend of mine who just puts me to shame, and he has no problem downloading pirated music. And I, I asked him about that. I'm like, dude, how can you how can you be such a music fan and be so pro artist as he is? Worked in the industry for uh-huh. a long time. And he just looked at me and goes, I, I have like 25 copies of this song. I have bought it as an 8-track, a cassette, CD, multiple you know MP3s. He was like, there comes a point in time to where you're just like, I'm tired of paying every time for the exact same song on all these different I have formats. a problem with your, your friend. Now? Sure. Okay. I mean, if, you, if you'd like me to present my collection of Halloween films there's not enough room on this table yeah I have bought it 15 different VHS copies I've got probably 10 DVDs I've got laser discs you make it I buy it I don't ever ever pick the free option justifying it like well I've already spent no when do you go into five guys burgers and be like you know what I bought a lot of burgers from you guys I'll take a, I'll take a free one no! No one's going to do that. When, you own a pub. Who's going to come in there, a regular, that's there every day? You know what? I was thinking. I've been in here every day for months buying your beer. Today, you know, it's on the house. No! It's still a product, Wait, and no. you pay for can, it. Can we do that? Assholes do that. <laughs> can we I do spend that? a lot of money here. The fuck you said to me? <laughs> Get out of here, you tub of crap. <laughs> it's a product. I only did that once, Cody. Wasn't you? <laughs> Wasn't you? No. We get no. It's no, a, no, that's it's, a different subject. That's not. It's a product. That. It's a product. I don't care how many times you buy that I'm product. But can I'm I, like hamburger. Can I? Can if, I? Can, rip? He, like you said, it's like, dude, we can rent hamburger. Let me buy. Let me pay you. It, it, it's it's twenty dollars for the for the to to stream it. I would have fucking paid it. Can I? I would be happy to pay that. Can I I'm, rip? Can I rip a pirated version of the original Star Wars? Sure. No, because it's available. Is it? Yes. In multiple formats. You can buy the original. On, yes. The original. You can buy it on DVD. Yes. You can buy it on... Yes, you can. I own it on DVD. A real bought it at Best Buy DVD. I'll let you borrow it. Don't I rip get, it. I can get the original... <laughs> I can get the original pre-edited... On DVD, on, yes. yes. I can get Han shooting first. Yes. Yes. I can get all the Vaseline they put out, they around put out the, the Blu-ray that had like all of them. Yes. Had every version. I'm just gonna write this down. I'm just saying. Can you bo- should know that fact. Can I borrow that DVD? It's right there. I'll give it to you before you leave. I'm totally ripping that. I'm not giving it to you then. I'm just saying to use the the Five Guys analogy or the pub analogy or. You know what? I've seen Kiss in concert ten times. I should get into this one free. Who the hell's going to let you in with that? Nothing. Of course not. So you can watch Hamburger free for you on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge you for it. It's 33 years old. So I should be able to download Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. It's, what, 40 years old? No, because you have the option of buying it. In multiple formats. In multiple formats. Hamburger's nowhere. I have bought it in multiple formats. Then you should keep buying it. 
I'm not going to anymore. I have a hamburger DVD. I have hamburger on three copies on VHS. If it, I, if it comes out tomorrow on Amazon Prime, for I know rent, you're downloading that. I will. No, I'll just pay no, to rent it. No, I, that's to cleanse, what I mean. to cleanse that's my mean. palate. That's what I mean. Well, you know, and this is one of those movies where I mean, we're not just sitting here. I mean, there's tons of people that love this movie. If they would put it out, there would be people buying it. That's why it's crazy that it's not out there. I anywhere. Mean, anywhere. If this thing, I mean, this is going to be one of those things. Like, hell, it could be up on Netflix next month. And the number of views will be astronomical. People are like, nobody... We're going to put this movie as, in. Nobody knows what it is. As a You fil- don't... The person... You don't know what it as is. As a filmmaker, I have a movie that you can't legally buy... Uh, we we sued the distributor. They ripped us off, so they they're no longer allowed. We got all the rights back, but there's still a lot of DVDs floating around them there. But once they were sold out, I you know I got all the garage full of fucking DVDs. <laughs> but due to various reasons, I can't offer it up on streaming service or whatever. So for the time being, there's no way you can legally see my movie. So I put it on YouTube for free. Yeah. Hey. Which is cool. I can't make any money off of it. Watch it. If one day things happen to where I can put it on Amazon Prime or Netflix and legally do that, then I'll pull the YouTube one off. And if some asshole puts it back on YouTube, then they will they will hear from me. <laughs> but I'm of the opinion like if, if if I want people to see it. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Go which, watch it. Which makes me really kind of curious as to why they don't make hamburger and those types of films. And if some asshole put, uh, other than me, put my movie on YouTube, I'd be like, no, dude, 33-year rule. <laughs> not even, We're not even close. Get that shit down. I can give it away for free. I'm not letting your ass... Talk talk to me in fucking 23 years. Oh, I can't wait for, I can't wait for some young buck to do that. Hey, 33 Well, they did. Rule. They did. The week that our DVD came out uh, for my film Underbelly, we got a, a torrent site, and we were warned about this, so I was kind of clued in because I never went to torrent site. I went interested. Right. There was something like 16,000 downloads in the first week that our film was released. 16,000. Now, now that, there's That's a, pretty cool. There's a false equivalency there. People are like, that's 16,000 copies of my movie that I didn't sell. Well, no, those 16,000 people weren't going to buy my DVD. Right. I'm not, you know, an an idiot. But at the same time, that's 16,000 people that downloaded my film that is now sitting in my garage. (laughs) And, you know, it was a lot of work to get that shit pulled off. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm getting screwed by a... I mean, it was just a mess. It, it It made me just, you know completely frustrated with the, in, the entire distribution process and, and the entitlement of these people just that, you know, well, you know, I buy a lot of DVDs so I can just watch this. No, that's not how it works, <laughs> asshole. If I like it, I'll buy it. Do you go to a restaurant and order it and be like, if I like what I eat, I'll pay you? No. That's not how anything works. You tubs of crap. <laughs> I just wanted to push your buttons on this. Well, it's an interesting conversation to have. And I kind of knew when I... It's like, here's the YouTube link. 
I was opening myself up to it. So <laughs> hopefully I've justified my choice. I'm comfortable with it. No, uh, no, you, you did, but it was funny because I, I I told my wife I was like, oh, I think this is going to lead to an inter- interesting discussion on a. Making a movie available, and you know what do you do when it's not available? And uh, you ne- you never brought it up through the entire night, so I was just like, oh, "Was it I'm going gonna, to?" Thanks. I'm totally bringing that up. <laughs> Didn't really see any reason to shine a spotlight on it. Uh, but you know what? Maybe get off your lazy asses and put the damn movie out. It's a great movie. You should be proud of it. Make people pay to see it. We'll pay to see. It. I'll like I said, put a special edition Blu-ray out there with. T- these guys now, you know, just spend a little bit of money with these people talking about their experience. Oh my god, a behind the on scenes. On a hot dog. You know, who came up with the. You're going to have some little dude. All like, right, only you're going to be interested in that. Well, maybe Cody will be interested <laughs> in that. Maybe they'll hire well. me to do the featurette. On I'll the listen to the behind the scenes with <laughs> Dick Buck. Documentary on the. I'll listen to the behind the scenes with Dick Buckus. And it's like, well, you know, the director. Oh, he the did audio commentary with uh, Buckus? Yeah, thanks. That's it. <laughs> Dick, you're great in the scene. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it was a paycheck. Hey, what about a special featurette? Uh, popular film podcast host Matt Cade interviews the ketchup and mustard dudes. <laughs> well, you, you know, we how listen, the hell are you guys doing? Hey, man, my we, life just went to shit. No, actually, you know, we listened to your podcast, and oddly enough, that scene where we flicked the butt at uh, Druger, we actually went and <laughs> proposed that, and they got cut. It, it, we filmed it. It got cut. We could learn stuff. <laughs> There's stories ah. to be told. There's juice in that meat that hasn't yet to be savored. That's that's it. That's it right there. It's after a couple tall boys in me. <laughs> uh, it is a very fascinating discussion. Uh, I, I'm glad Please. none of you guys were like called me on it at the time. Uh, we all enjoyed it. Are you kidding? I also found out that my science project is also. <laughs> oh no! On. Now he's streaming all sorts of stuff. I, I put in a. I've got a Korean VPN thing. I found out how to work. Now I'm getting everything. <laughs> created a monster. <laughs> oh, uh, give us some links. Uh, you can hit us uh, on Twitter at TNCCCast. You can hit us uh, on Instagram TNCC underscore podcast. And I would highly suggest that because you get a lot of. Uh, nice little photographs on there, and we actually got a shout out, which I was so damn happy for. Uh, that was kind of cool because we, yeah, go ahead. The uh, actor from uh, four, was it four twenty? No, the dirt. The dirt. The dirt. The guy yeah. who played Ozzy Osbourne. That wasn't even on our our show. It was a great article written by the doctor. The doctor wrote a review of the dirt, the Motley Crue movie, and all of a sudden we got a, a blip that the guy who plays Ozzy Osbourne uh, was like, hey. Thanks, TNCC Cast. Yeah, I was uh, looking at I was looking at the Googles and I was like, or the Google Analytics, and I was just like, what's that little blip there for? And then all of a sudden, Kate is like, hey, we got a shout out from uh, the actor dude, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That was cool. And speaking, speaking of Four Twenty Massacre, they uh, really dug our breakdown of the film and gave yeah. us a nice shout out. So it's always nice when you spend four hours talking about something, they actually acknowledge you exist. Yeah, so good job working that TNCC underscore podcast link uh, on Instagram. Join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, if you're going to buy something off of Amazon, go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Click on the Amazon link. Do your shopping there. If you're going to buy one of these fabulous cigars that you've seen on the, the show tonight, Le- the Le Carême, uh, which I highly avail. It's Nine bucks. I, it is drink, delicious. I, I literally just cashed mine. So 
It would last over two hours. It's yes. nine dollar cigar. It's damn worth oh, it. Oh, I need a nub shot. I need to take that out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, do the uh, promo code TNCC twenty, and you will get twenty bucks off of uh, any order over a hundred bucks. That's like twenty percent off. Can't beat it. Um, all right, well we're gonna come back uh, in a week or two. Do another show. Uh, we'll have special guest Willie Herrera. Oh yeah, uh, master blender from Drew Estate. Um, to drop in and tell us about what he's got cooking down there in Miami and in Nicaragua. And uh, that'll be a fun talk. And I've already got some interesting pairing ideas of movies we can pirate with that cigar. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Willie? I've smoked enough of your cigars. I don't think I'm going to pay for this one. Put that fire stick back, motherfucker! Motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, uh, we got a couple more fun shows coming up. Uh, Anything you want to plug? Anything happening at the pub? Delicious right, beer. Delicious, delicious beer. beer. <laughs> delicious beer. Um, always cold, always ready to be served. Get your ass over to O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas. I told you at the end of the show. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Now you're telling me not to do it. Don't do it. Yeah. You're going to have a ring in your forehead. Yeah, don't. don't. All right, well, I tried. Yeah. All right. I came full circle like a Buster Burger onion ring. Skull's gonna crack, brain's gonna spill out. It's uh, I never, do, I never crushed a beer can against my head before. I'm just what? saying. Can you believe it? I've never done that before. As you bleed out on the table, I'm still gonna be packing up. I wasn't gonna do it right in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> I got soccer games to go to on Saturday. Stop <laughs> with the sombrero. Don't worry about it. Take it off. Nope. I'll take it off in two months. None of your beeswax. Uh, well, I tried. I get points for. Yes, you offered. So it's kind of like I did it. No. <laughs> yes, yes, it's exactly like you did it. Ow. Yep. It doesn't count if you squeeze the the can. With did you your notice fingers. that I kind of tried to give it a little bit of a head start? I know the tricks. I know the tricks. I actually just ended up getting a bunch of baked goods in my hair. That's not coming out. <laughs> It was a fun show, boys. Uh, as always, folks, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Uh, let the good times roll. Keep the party going. Sayonara, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I lost my job at the McDonald's located inside the Youngstown, Ohio Regional Airport for keeping it too real, and by keeping it too real, I of course mean that I asked all the hot babes if they'd like to squeeze my sesame seed buns. Well, to learn more, just go to the Youngstown, Ohio Regional Airport and ask any current McDonald's employees to tell you the tale of the amorous fry guy who knew too much. That's right. I was a political prisoner, damn it. Google it. And in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit crownedheads.com and clownshoesbeer.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub.
So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs>